You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vlatko. All right, guys, welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Thank you for joining me. I do appreciate it when you can listen to other shows, but you choose this one. And uh, without the listeners, Muzz, it wouldn't be what it is today without these awesome listeners that do listen to this show. So thank you very much, mate. How do we go, mate? Before we get started, let's let's talk about our hunting trip. Well, yeah, there you go. Jason, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning back into the Australian Hunting Podcast. And uh, me and Jace uh, just went hunting just recently in the the State Forest uh, down southern New South Wales. Yep. And uh, it's a bit of an (laughs) anticlimax. I don't know what's wrong this year, Jason, but it looks like uh, the warmer weather's extended a bit more, and I haven't didn't didn't hear any deer roaring and. You know, the usual mushrooms at the bottom of the, you know, on the floor of the pine forest, is uh, there's none there. It's like the season's a little bit off. Yeah, yeah. We went. We decided to go to a uh, forest down south on the tip of a friend. Uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting, really. It was actually quite a nice forest, a little bit um, hilly, lots of pine, uh, yep. very tall pine, wasn't it? Very tall. Yep. Uh, a lot of the lower foliage was dead, even probably almost right up to the top, really, where there was only the, you know, the tops that were getting sun. But... Um, a, a lot of us, so actually, I saw a deer. I was pretty disappointed. I want to talk about this from uh, the last show, uh, the Everyday Hunter, that I did with Sean Fraser. And, you know, what's an ethical shot? Because when I was hunting, right, I parked mm. my car at the top because I, I, I went to the top of the hill, parked, and I, I was going to walk down into this ravine. Uh, anyway, so I parked the car up. It's about, you know, 7 in the morning because, you know, it wasn't getting light until about 7.30. And I, anyway, I walked down... To, one of the dirt, one of the dirt roads. It was nice and green and lush, even on the dirt road down into the ravine. Because if you're walking through the pine, it was just it wasn't really thick, but you're really going to spook the deer if you don't stay on the nice, you know, pine needles and stuff like that. Anyway, so I, I just saw something to my right, Muzz. I told you the story, but I yep. saw something to my right, and I looked quickly, and the sort of the land just went down a little bit, probably about forty meters down. But obviously, it was only very gradual. So I saw something there. So I was a little bit higher. Anyway, I saw that. I thought what was the ass of a deer. Anyway, so I got onto the binoculars. Oh, guess what? It was a deer, and what I thought actually was a, a samba spiker. Anyway, yep. I, I was right in line with the pine. So I looked to my left of the pine because uh, yeah, they, they all run in line, and I saw the ass of the deer whip its tail. Anyway, so I moved to the right of the pine with my binoculars, mm-hmm. and he came out the other side of the pine. Uh, anyway, so, and he wasn't looking back at me, so I knew I hadn't spooked him. Anyway, I, li- I literally dropped the binoculars, lifted up the gun. I didn't drop the binoculars, but you know, I put them down yeah. on my chest. Yeah. I lifted the rifle. Mate, couldn't see, him in the, couldn't see him in the rifle scope. Moved two steps to the right, thinking, where did he go? I honestly lost a deer, and it, it's, it wasn't even that thick. I don't know where he went. I moved two stops, sorry, two steps to the left again to see if I could find him. Mm. Mate, couldn't, could not find him. And then just talking to people, some, some people say, well, you, sometimes you're never going to get, you know, that perfect shot. Yeah. Um, if you had a chance to shoot towards the spine, some people, I've spoke to a lot of different people. Some people said, no, wait for the perfect shot. Yeah. Other people have said, listen, no, you're never going to get the perfect shot, mate. Like, you know, when he was back on, when he came around, you should have, instead of looking with your binoculars first, you should have had the gun up. Yeah. And when he came out the other side, put one right, in the, right into his back and right into the spine, if that's the only shot you had. So it's well, kind of different opinions. Well, to be honest, Jason, I would wait for the perfect shot. That, that, 
I could see the look on your yeah, face. I'm thinking, yeah, would you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, you do get the perfect shot. Yeah, you absolutely do get it. I've, I've uh, been presented with it plenty of times and I've taken it. You can work harder and uh, improve your skills a little bit more. And, of course, you know, there's always, you know, an, another time. You can always go another time. You're always better off waiting for that perfect shot instead of, you know, potentially just shooting at the animal in, in, in the wrong angle and then risking wounding the animal and then the animal runs away. Yeah. And then uh, God knows if you're going to be able to find it. So, you know, you, you've just really made a mess of it. So you're better off waiting for the perfect shot than just making a mess of it. Mm, I got pretty, I think the second day in, I got really sick too. I got a bit of a flu, a lot of sore throat. Um, big headache. I think one of the nights, didn't I? I, went, I think yeah. I got back at about 7.30 uh, and I pretty much slept to about 8 in the morning. I was really, really hurting. You know, it's the worst time to get friggin' sick on the long weekend, oh, the Easter yeah. long weekend. But yeah. one of our other mates, um, he was the only one that got a deer for the trip, was a little little yep. male fellow. Yeah, Rick. Um, yeah, Rick, not Rick, top bloke. Um, it was just interesting because even he said when he, he actually walked down the same road the next day that I walked down where I saw that spiker. Mm. And he said he got to the bottom in the ravine mm. He literally just, because he was actually hunting with someone else that's sort of a bit, I guess, less experienced than yeah. him, and they were walking together. Anyway, he looked up, and there was the the, the fellow deer, the small fellow yeah. deer, l- drinking off, I guess, from the pond, and he goes, all I could see was the head. It was staring at me. He goes, I think the mother was there as well, but I couldn't see the mother. And he goes, lifted the gun, bang, shot. And I think, mate, of all the luck, you know, of all the luck, you know. Well, see, he got, he, like I said to you before, he, he got a really good opportunity. He but got, all the he deer the I've seen shot. have yeah. ran, have ran every time I... Because sometimes I, like, if I'm walking 700 metres down into the ravine, right, even if it's a little dirt road, right, because it's going to be deer to the left and right. It takes yeah. me probably sometimes an hour and a half, two hours to walk 700 metres. And then when I'm coming, I might, you know, do a half-day hunt, come back for lunch, and I'm I'm walking back to the to the car to get back to camp. I end up spooking deer. You know what I mean? So uh, just you know, look, Jason. Always hunt to the car. They say always hunt yeah. to the car. Jason, you've just been slightly unlucky. You got four years unlucky, well, man. When's look, my time? Rick so- just sees <laughs> Rick sees one where it's just looking at him yeah. and shoots it. Selms yeah. can't do that. If anyone wants to take me on a hunt for a guaranteed deer, give me a call. Oh, well, listen, but then again, do you really want someone to? Get, I don't no, want that. I don't want no. someone to hand it to me on a deer farm, or I just you, know. you don't want someone holding your hand. You, no. you, you want to be able to do the work yourself, and because that well, that way you're going to learn a lot more about uh, the actual hunt and the whole process. And look, um, to be honest, Jason, you've just been unlucky. Other guys, mate, they they, they wait for a lot longer. They wait for someone ten ten years to shoot their first deer. Yeah, you know, and and waiting for that perfect shot. So it's not unusual that don't worry, mate, you'll get there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be going on plenty of more hunts in the future. So hopefully, one of them will be your time. And speaking of that, a good friend of mine, Steve. Steve just recently shot his first buck, um, at a local state forest, and um, fantastic buck. It was about a hundred kilos. Really, fellow, yeah. yeah, really nice, yeah. really nice set of uh, you know. He's got all the luck. <laughs> He's got all the yeah, luck. Yeah, well, um, great. It was it was fantastic. I mean, he went on his own and he stalked and stalked for hours. And finally, when he you know when he was about to go pick up his trail cam, he heard something in the bushes and he just stopped and he waited and waited and waited. And then all of a sudden, the buck presented himself out of the bushes and he took that perfect shot, that opportunity. 
And, uh, you know, and, and all the hard work paid off. He knew he was around the area, but he just couldn't track him down. And finally, when he was just about to go home, he got him. Yeah. So, yeah, good on you, Steve. Well the done, hard, mate. The hardest part, I find, and that spiker was the same, he didn't actually – I'm surprised. Cause I, at that time, I wasn't walking that slow. I was walking slow, but not as slow as I normally do. And then when I saw over my shoulder, I thought, oh, here's another one running off because I don't know how many times, guys, I've been walking back to the car. I should be hunting back to the car, so I should be structuring my time mm. even that or if you walk down there and you walk back you've got to hunt the car if i don't get back till three o'clock in the arvo well that's just how it is you've got to hunt back to the car how many times i've seen deer walking back to the car at say a normal pace to get back mate deer over my shoulder oh look two fellow running away oh look again a spiker running away oh look this one running away well i was i wasn't very uh i wasn't very lucky this trip i don't know why i've done my best to stalk deer all bloody did you did you even see a deer I didn't. No, I did not oh, yeah. see one, and I was and I was just really just I busted my guts to to. I mean, I had everything walk past me literally, uh, Jay. So I had wallabies walk past me five meters, yeah. I, I, or jump past me. I had I had uh, uh, wombats just strolling past me five meters away. I was that well hidden, concealed in all the places that I was stalking. Yeah, that the animals literally did not even notice I was dead. I had goannas come literally three four meters next to me just stroll past i mean i had every single animal come by except for a deer <laughs> yeah and there was about um how many was it about four or five of us i think six of us maybe we had a great time we saw oh, yeah camp. we had a fantastic michael time. came from the facebook page michael yeah. did a great job for me on the facebook page yeah. you've seen all this stuff guys coming about uh yeah the sbs insight program we're actually recording this show uh, on the 5th of April, yep. about 7 o'clock it's at tonight. night. Yeah, so it's actually on tonight. So by the time you hear this podcast, we might even just stop due to the show, uh, come back to it a bit later and give some comments. But yep. from what I've seen, it really, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little bit mixed on some of the things I've heard our pro gunners say, um, you know, almost defending. Not always say defending. We'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait and see. We'll wait, we'll wait and see. And see. We'll, we'll hold our comments. Wait, we'll hold wait our comments. and see. Wait and see the show. I'm a little bit concerned. It's a, one, it's a bit of a stitch up. Yeah. And two, you know, we're defending ourselves in the wrong way with firearms. We should be on the front foot giving out the facts and the statistics. Well, um, well Jason, wait till we see the show, yeah. okay, because uh, that could w- w- very well be the case. But anyway, I just want to talk about there's been a lot of social media activity regarding this John Howard's new call to tighten up gun laws. And I'll be honest, Jace, I'm slightly happy about the fact that he's come out and called to tighten up gun laws because that that sends a, a particular message. And, and, right, yeah. and the message is that, that our constituency, the people who love firearms, love hunting, we are getting much, much stronger. Now, if John Howard was very secure... Uh, knowing that the gun laws will remain forever. I don't think he'll be on one of these shows asking to tighten up gun laws. And the fact that he's using, um, I guess, for example, uh, the murder of that poor uh, uh, police worker. Curtis Chang. Curtis Chang in, uh, in Parramatta. The fact that he's using that as an excuse to tighten up gun laws. But the funny thing, he was really, the driver of really gun telling, laws. He's really telling the fact that you know they're, they're clutching at straws. Mm, they're, it, they're really cu- clutching at straws because... Um, there really isn't a significant reason to tighten up gun laws at all. It's un- completely unjustified. And he's come out to say this, I believe personally, this is just my personal belief, because he knows that the gun-owning constituency is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. And, and and I think you know they're worried. Uh, the politicians are worried that eventually they will not be able to stop um, what effectively is um, you know, our, our community, our, our gun lobby, I guess, if you will for lack of a better term. And uh, I think this is why he's come out and done this. And I certainly hope 
our Pro Gun members on tonight's show do a great job at uh, dispelling some of those myths mm. on the, on the live show. But mm. from what, I, what I've seen, you've seen the shorts too. I've to, seen the shorts. Uh, yeah. Jason, a you've got a lot bit. of emotionally charged yeah. people There's who a are blonde victims, woman there saying vi- victims of gun crime. And to be yeah. honest, look, I'll, my opinion is this: if you if you've been a victim of gun crime, you can't you can't possibly have any kind of an objective opinion mm. in terms of gun laws. Or you know, guns in themselves. You're certainly not an expert on gun laws or, or, or guns themselves. If you've been a, a victim, it's like, I guess, asking someone who uh, has recently survived a plane crash whether or not they like flying. You know, what I mean, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Uh, how your you going to get your sons that turns into, a, say, a junkie for an example, asking the parents if they like, if they don't mind, you know, legalizing drugs. You know, I, mean? I know, I know. It's just, it's, it's so. Uh, problematic, and it's it's something that uh, I guess uh, the left are always going to be using in the media to fight against us is the emotional argument, yeah. right? Because um, that they, they don't have any, uh, don't, they don't have too many substantial uh, argument based on evidence and facts. So they're always going to try and use that emotional side mm. of the argument against us. And I certainly hope our pro gun representatives. Uh, I know Robert Brown's one of them, and yeah, there's a and, guy from the Farmers Federation, and I think. also a person from Shooters Union, I think. But anyway, we'll discuss that a little bit later someone on. from I think it might be Campbelltown Pistol Club or somewhere yeah. around there something like that yeah. we'll find out once we look at it guys because yeah. I did see John Howard one of the media releases today saying that you know the law, the gun laws in this country are inadequate and I thought well, that's oh, interesting geez. because you're the one that actually coined them and pretty much held the states to <laughs> ransom inadequate to, yeah, oh, yeah. How, how, uh, so what he's this saying this guy's is a he's, piece of work isn't he we've got the toughest gun laws in the western world and he's saying that they're inadequate and he's the one that enacted those gun laws but anyway guys I wanted to go on to um, tonight Night show uh, we did, and I, this is I would have promoted this a lot more, but unfortunately I was suspended from Facebook for seven days. <laughs> You've been naughty, Jason. I've been, it's ridiculous, <laughs> right? I, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Basically, what we're doing is we're having live call-ins this show. We're not saying we're going to get any on the first time because I would have been promoting it a bit more. Uh, I had to give all the stuff over to my um, one of my helpers on Facebook, Michael H, who does a great job, which you probably see him post on the Facebook page. He does really well. Yep. And I had to email him some of the stuff. I basically got on my personal account on Facebook. There was a guy that trolls all. He basically trolls all the um, you know news outlet pages. And so I, I posted something on one of the pages. He wrote back to me, and I, I basically just called him a welfare bum. And, uh, and thanks for the kind comments. That's all I wrote. I didn't swear. Uh, I got a seven-day suspension because that's what this guy does, actually. He's pretty well known. He just trolls people, then reports them when they have a go at him, and I'm suspended again for seven days, which is completely ridiculous. So I emailed Facebook. I said, are you guys run by a bunch of Democrats uh, <laughs> over there in Silicon Valley or Palo Alto, wherever you guys are from in California? Because it's just ridiculous. I mean, really, I didn't write anything. All I said was, you're a welfare bum. Uh, thanks for the kind comments. Uh, goodbye and that was it that's all I wrote and they've actually people calling people pedophiles and amongst other myriad yeah. of things F this F that and no, Selms gets suspended for seven days and I can't like anything I can't post anything so if you've written to me I know a few people have written to me on Facebook I can't respond I can't even do anything um, you know I mean Facebook's so. turning out to be a joke really I mean some of the things I've heard people getting suspended for you think that's what, what I got suspended for what on earth for. is going on here yeah I so mean, we're gonna yeah, it's just crazy and unfortunately <laughs> Chase you've been yeah. you've, you've, you've copped a bit of a you know I've been suspended a, a couple of times now for the most well, I got suspended one time for something I wrote five years ago somebody reported what? it yeah oh, that was about eight, six months seven months ago suspended for three days but I'm suspended for seven up until the end of the week of the um, fifth so uh, basically when he'd be having live call-ins so uh, Michael was um, advertising on the page for me yep um, from you know, 7.15 to 8 p.m. to call in. We may get someone, we may not. 
We're going to go That's to the footnotes first off we do before that. Don't forget you can find us on iTunes, which yeah. is people listen to us. You know, join the Facebook page. I think there's almost 12,000 on Facebook now, which is fantastic. Also, too, you know, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a comment. We've done pretty well uh, on iTunes. We've got some great ones to read out in a second as well, which we'll actually read out now. So when we actually, if we do receive, receive some calls, we are going to jump straight into those guys because we don't have like a mixing desk with you know an operator operating it. Basically, no, the calls no. are going to come this in as they come in. This is a operation. It's a low, yeah, well, come on. Yeah, we don't have like, you know, full-time administration staff exactly. to man a, a mixing desk and that sort of stuff for me, you know. So, um, all right, let's go into the iTunes comments. Here we go. Oh, Power Monkey. Pow! Power Monkey. I like that name. It reminds me of that movie. What was that movie with Will Farrell where he's always going, pow, pow. Step Brothers, Step Brothers. Step Brothers, that's you know, right. Great that's, show. That's funny, great yes. show. That guy's funny too. What's his name? Rob something. I Rob can't something. remember, but that, I, I just cacked myself laughing for that whole film. I do. Okay. Uh, Power Monkey, February 19, 2016. I've been a long-time listener on the web of this podcast, but I thought I should rate it on iTunes. Yes, you should. Thank you very much. Clearly, it deserves a full five stars. Keep up the good fight, fellas. Thank Power. you very much, Power Monkey. Oh, we've got Sonic Player 92. Is that like Sonic? Sonic? What's oh, that? What was that? Sonic game? the Hedgehog. The Hedgehog. That's it. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Player 92. It was born in 92, maybe? Maybe. Could be. Uh, okay. Yeah, Sonic Player 92, March 1st, 2016. New to shooting. Really enjoying listening to the professionals talk. Keep up the good work, Jason. See how we said professionals and Jason? <laughs> he didn't actually mention Mario then. Good one. Saying thanks, that, though, we do have... Thanks very much, a, mate. Thanks for your comments. Yeah, saying that, though, we do have... Uh, we do have a one that's for Muzz, I think, one of our listener voicemails that uh, oh, says he go. does a pretty good job, which is quite unfortunate. But anyway, here we go. <laughs> We've got uh, TS, sorry, TYSB324156. TYSB324156. March 29. Yeah, let's call him Ty. March 29, 2016. Love it. Oh, That's it. Thanks, Ty. Yeah, we've had about 115 ratings now, 110 at five stars, uh, four stars at three, and at three stars, we've had two ratings at three stars. No ones and twos just yet. Wow. We haven't had any spiteful people come just on. come on there just to be difficult. Just you know? get on, be difficult, give us a yeah. one, tell us why you like gave we, us a one. <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. Yeah, And if you want, as I said, leave us a voicemail. We, we, you know, the only time on this show is if we receive calls and people pranking, doing something stupid, it's not going to be in the show, so don't bother yeah, wasting so, your time so, doing that. Don't, don't waste I'm calling yeah. and uh, you know telling us that we're all bloody idiots or whatever. Yeah, or you know, we're happy to people ring up and give us a difference of opinion. But if yeah. you're going to prank call and do this sort of stuff, it's not going to make the show anyway. So you're just going to be wasting your time. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty good. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go into um, some of the listener emails as well. Actually, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Facebook ones first. Jesse emailed me, I think, about a month ago in regards to uh, sometimes the server talks you, who I host the podcast with, sometimes has a little bit of technical error. It rarely does, but when it does, sometimes it stuffs up. But he said, hi, mate, thanks for doing whatever you did to fix the downloads. Well, I didn't do anything. Just, I think it fixed itself, but that's all right. <laughs> no I listen, worries. We'll take the credit. I listen to all the hunting podcasts and all the straight shooting podcasts. And all I can say is unreal. Got a few guys that work into the podcast as well. Muzz is, oh, shit. Muzz is bloody 100% ridgy didge Aussie and bloody hilarious <laughs> oh my god oh shit no, no, not another compliment for me what's your back Croatian eh? Croatian yeah. well that's my background but hey, I'm as Aussie as they come yeah you can, you can tell can't you ridgy didge Aussie that's never heard that before <laughs> 
<laughs> I've heard of it. But anyway, I just wanted to give you a heads up and totally understand that you guys are rifle hunters, but I heard in one of the straight shooting podcasts, I don't know if this is true, but we'll, mm. maybe we'll go back and find out. In late 2014, early 2015, about a roo that was found with an arrow in it and how you guys didn't think it was a big deal. Just wanted to let you guys know for the future reference, shooting any native animal with a bow is highly illegal and a strict no-no. Like I said, you guys weren't aware, but idiots running around, the sort of stuff is honestly going to do, get bows licensed and registered in the near future. Um, yeah, he's actually actually correct. Okay, so um, that's a very good point he made. And I think when you when you say that we didn't think it was a big deal, what we were referring to is that doesn't the stitch happen. Up, doesn't happen a lot though. Is it the stitch up, the media stitch up that mm. that occurred after that? So what they'll do if yeah, I know, I absolutely agree with you. Yes, it is illegal. You're right. Um, however, um, the media storm that comes following after that, and always. We're on the back foot. Always, we're defending our sport. Always, we're you know saying that it's not us, it's the criminals. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, look, um, when when we said it, you know, it's it's not a big deal. What we mean is, I guess you know, well, the but, animal, but the animal, uh, the animal's not permanently hurt. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think it's happening. Like, it's not a regular thing. We're seeing, yeah, we've seen a few in the media, but it's not really by nah. board. Nah. I think what it meant, what I'm, what, if I did mean that at the time, what I would have meant was that it's not a regular thing that's happening, you know, thousands of times every week or everyone's going out there shooting, you know, wild kangaroos on a constant basis. Nah. Like, but then again, I also think getting into this question that, you know, why they protected under this species. They, I mean, there's so many rules. Like, I don't, you get I don't it anyway. understand why kangaroos are protected in any way. I just don't understand why we just can't hunt They're good them. for me. I mean, I mean, everywhere I go, even I see on more a ticket deer. system, even even if we could hunt them on a ticket system, and I mean, mm. look, you can hunt them with farms per- permission, I guess, and um, you can do that. But uh, mate, we've got so many kangaroos in this country; it's unbelievable. Even you know, Jason, in I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but in even New Zealand, they they shoot wallabies all the time. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, even in Tasmania, they shoot wallabies too. Well, you know, what's up with that? I don't know. Why can't we shoot the kangaroo? I mean, there's like twenty million plus something kangaroos. Yeah, in the country, and uh, they're, they're a great source of meat. Um, and uh, look, I, I just don't understand. I, I just think that we should be able to shoot them, even if it's on a ticket system. You know, yeah. like. Uh, Get a few tags, you shoot a ruse, and then basically you report the tags. I like, don't even think it should be tagged. Oh, probably not. But, you know, like, I just don't see why it has to be such an, uh, you know. Because every time we go somewhere, what do we see? Uh, ruse, ruse, well, wallaby, you see ruse, ruse. ruse. I mean, <laughs> look, ideally, Jason, me personally, I don't like this. I wouldn't like to see everyone just, you know, popping off ruse left, right, and center. I think, you know, to leave all these carcasses everywhere, I just think that's not that's not right. Yeah, people, people aren't not, do I that. just don't think it's ethical. You know what I mean? That, that's just my personal opinion, each to their own. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Now yeah. we're getting a bit of interesting. What, what do you mean it's not ethical? What, what do you mean? No, no one's going to be running around just pop, because really, unless they want to shoot them for meat, they're not exactly the really most exciting game animal to hunt, no, really. So I don't right. think anyone's going right. to be they're, they're not, popping them off left, right, and center. Exactly. You might get a few people doing that, but, I mean, you put a... You know, like a system on them. Yeah, you know, okay. Maybe I don't. I don't really like a system or anything. But if it's the only way to go, yeah. You know, it might be good to get them for meat for dogs or you know for yeah. the house. Oh, or... look, farmers. You know, farmers. Fair enough. Uh, they've got huge problems with ruse, and sometimes they come in just plague proportions. And yeah, okay, they got to, mate. We've got a call. They got to do. All right, welcome to AHP. Will, how are you going? I just saw your name come up. Good. How are you, Jase? Good, Mars, mate. How are you? G'day, Will. Well, well, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. You're our very first caller. Thanks, mate. I've been waiting, actually. It's good. Oh, good stuff. So, course, so I set an alarm. and You know, I, I, I rang up... Um, I haven't spoken to you before, Muzz. I was speaking to Jason in the past. 
But I'll, I'll bring up just a couple of things, which, uh, of course, it's kind of like a repetitive thing, but two things on my mind is, one, the first of all, is the internet stuff. So, like, I feel like it's a battle of attrition. So, like, I, for one, constantly, I get frustrated, mate. All these posts and we get anti-gun stuff. And we're not criminals. We're not criminals at all. Like, if, if, if any one of us, 800,000 gun owners, not including the people that didn't register their guns back in the day, if they wanted to go out and commit mass murder, they would. And they're going to do it either way. Yeah. And we, we don't do it because we're the most upstanding people in society. You know, like, we are because we have to be. Of and course, um, yeah. so the constant degradation of us you know, making us look like the criminal. John Howard on this insight that's coming up, you know, saying, you know, gun laws aren't... And that kid that, you know, shot Chang's dad, he yeah. would not have been stopped with any other laws. No. I, I couldn't imagine a law that... Even I could sit in front of John Howard and say, what law would have stopped a 15-year-old getting that gun and shooting that guy? Nothing, because every law we have in place stops that. Yep, it's correct. It's illegal. Correct. So that's where I get frustrated. But, and, and, you know, as I said, it's a battle of attrition. We have to be polite and just state facts online. And well, that's I think this family's do. been used, Mars. What do you reckon? You reckon they're being used? I mean, this poor kid. I mean, how old's this kid even? I don't even know. I mean, well, look, who knows what, uh, they, know? Who knows what they know 20s. about firearms? Yeah, he's probably in his 20s, but who knows what they know about firearms? And to be honest, look, they're going to use every opportunity, mate, to, um, to try and, um, I guess, uh, destroy our rights, destroy our liberties in this country that we enjoy. And uh, it all comes down to, um, I guess, they're never going to let a good opportunity to smack us uh, go to waste. And, and that, that's, what, that's what we're constantly fighting against. But, you know, we are slowly starting to turn the tide, I believe, because a lot more people are getting off their bums and starting to do something about it. Now, it's very simple. It's like this, mate. Um, Imagine when you first started that job that all of a sudden you, you, your start time changed and no longer you could get up at five, you know, at, sorry, at seven o'clock in the morning. You had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and be at work by five. It's very hard to adjust to, right? So that first time, first week, getting up early, it's very hard to adjust to. And that's what we've got to do as gun owners. We've got to adjust to doing something that we don't ordinarily do and we don't do it that well, and that is lobby our politicians, okay? We've, yeah, got, we've, got, to, we've got to write to them often. And I'm talking like each person, write at least three, four times a year to your local politician. Let them know that gun laws and our rights and our freedoms are at the very top of your agenda. So that when they go to the COAG meeting or to the meeting of ministers and whatever it is, and someone suggests talking about watering down, not watering down, but increasing the restrictions that are on the law abiding, the very thing that's going to come into their minds is, oh, shit, I've, I just got so many emails of these people telling me that, if, you know, if I dare change the gun laws, I'm going to be voted out. That, mm. That's that's the message we've got to get into the back of their heads. And I can tell you now, mate, we've got 800,000 gun owners in the country. I kid you not, you'll be struggling to get 1% to write yep. to do something. You know, one thing, Muzz, it's a good point I brought up, in, in what you brought up, and it's like our... Our community, we're very honest people. So one thing that I've come across in the last maybe two years, I've met maybe four people, and like one big conversation started for me is like, oh, do you hunt or do you pistol shoot or whatever? And there's been probably four or five people who said, no, give me guns away. 
Mm. And the re- and I'll say, why? Like, you know, you hand him in during the 96 or whatever. And they'll say, no, I'd become, you know, their wife left them or they become financially, you know, not be able to support their family. And they've handed their guns in because they didn't want to do anything bad with them. So straight away, this is before the whole licensing thing, is that they were responsible enough to realise that I should not have guns around myself. And I believe that we... 800,000 of us are in the same boat. If I ever got in a situation where I think, you know what, it's not good, I'm so down or something's wrong that I'm going to, I could possibly use that gun, I'll hand it in. I've met five people that said that. And things don't happen. Like, there are odd, odd scenarios, but that's the statistics. It does happen. But I've met five people in my life, and I'm a young guy that said, no, they're not going to do it. If you multiply that by everybody you know, it's a huge number of responsible people, and we're not telling everybody that they have to own a gun. And that's the thing is they have to realise is if you're responsible or if you want a gun, you should be allowed to have it. But if you don't want it, well, fine, that's that's up to you. Mm. Mate, look, you're absolutely right, and um, you don't have to convince me. We are the most responsible people in the country, I believe. Uh, but you know what? That's not where the battleground is. That's the problem. The battleground no. is in the hearts and and the minds of politicians and the people out there who um, are pretty much in the middle. That's where the battleground yeah. is. And the only way we're going to win that battle is to continue to stand up for ourselves. Uh, don't. But I just... think this has been the biggest assault for a while, hasn't it? On um, you know, guns from our politicians and actually, you know, law-abiding shooters actually, you know, riding in. Yeah, uh, it's been bigger than ever. I mean, we get messages all the time, don't we? The pictures of people, letters, and they're oh, writing absolutely. in. And but there needs to be more. We need more, but, more, more. But mate, I can guarantee yeah. you, the only reason we have the Adler in in the country is because of the thousands of letters that people like yourself, myself, and Jason have sent to people. Yeah, Lion, Lionhorn might have black, but black well, mailed him as mean, well. Maybe David Lionhorn <laughs> might, might have done a good <laughs> job. Go. Yeah, maybe he he he, he might have had a, a really strong hand to play in that. But the point is, I can guarantee you right now that. The Justice Minister Keenan would have copped thousands of emails regarding this issue, and in the end, yeah. uh, in the end, uh, um, Police Minister Troy Grant. And if you saw their speech with him and Justice Minister Keenan, he knew that they couldn't they they couldn't get away with uh, banning the gun. It would have been an uproar. Mm. It would have been an mm. uproar. They would have got thousands of letters uh, telling them to. Yeah, make, but they really care. Do they really care? Do they I, really care? I, I think they do, Jason. If you if you're a politician, and the you nationals are, just going to roll over anyway. So it doesn't matter anyway. Not necessarily. You know, I think it's we need we are need we need to work more on voicing our opinions. We don't write to our politicians enough. I can tell you right now. Yeah. I know so many gun owners, hunters, shooters, and mate, I, I couldn't count on one hand how many people actually wrote to a politician. Mm. And a lot of people talk about that on Facebook. I know a lot of people do, like we're all calling up, obviously writing in, but there's a lot of people that are talking, saying, oh, yeah, yeah, and this and guns. And you'd be surprised how much, I won't say showboating, but how much that actually goes on. And people don't actually write in, Mars. You know, they don't actually write in. They, you know, it's not, they want to talk about it and post on Facebook, but it's not making a difference if they're not, you know, actually writing in. Mm. You know? That's yeah, the big thing, well, eh, is, is, there, is people think that Facebook, they're having an argument against an anti gunner. Or posting up that yeah we all need to write letters on Facebook's making a difference on a pro gun page yeah and it's not really you actually no. have to get out there and do it very good Unless mate you can post the videos the other the second one I don't want to hold up your next call I'm really no, going right. it's a really good thing you guys are doing yeah. is um airsoft. 
Jason, yes, you understand. I have to bring this up. Yeah. But <laughs> airsoft, we're we're going to. I'm going to New Zealand in October to play airsoft. Oh, you lucky um, duck! I constantly lobby uh, my local members, the state member. I've spoken to my local police and trying to find ways around the whole import thing. We might end up in a way that you can have like an exhibition game with bolt action only, and that's if you look at the um, import rules that the whole semi-auto thing, but. You may be able to just get some movement there, but the whole airsoft thing, I think it's it's kind of silly, eh? Like you have to agree that paintballs there. Yep, we understand their taggers, and and they go the imitation. I think the thing that gets on my mind is the imitation thing. But then, all right, so I can not own a nine mil Glock looking airsoft gun, but I can go to my local tobacconist and buy a replica for one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know a lot of people do that. The laws state, yeah, sorry, Jason. No, the laws state that, you know, the reason we don't have airsoft, like airsoft of the game is not outlawed. It's not the game. It's the fact that you can't get the guns. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. And I can, so tell, you, I can like, tell you right now that, yeah. that that's a result of uh, uh, police wanting um, these particular laws. Yeah, but why can I own, a, say, like a 338 Lapua Magna, but I can't own an Airsoft? I mean, it's a, I would exactly imme- right, immediately yeah. take away, immediately, a paintball would not even be on a firearms licence for me. That'd be it. Maybe storing the paintball guns, okay, don't see why. I mean, they did, was it Stanwall Park? Remember, they stole 140 yeah. uh, paintball guns from that uh, place, that central storage point, because I got Correct. that bozo near yeah. me. Uh, what's his name? Uh, MP for Prospect. Um, Hugh McDermott saying, "Oh, let's yeah. all storm at one place." But that's not the point. Airsoft would be straight in. I mean, it wouldn't even be a. You know, all you do is maybe colour the end of the barrel. Yeah, you know, whatever you do to make so it's not actually looks like yeah, an actual well, firearm. Done deal. As long as it had an orange tip, as long as it had an orange tip, I just don't see what the problem is with it. Is because you can already buy one-to-one uh, re- like replicas, toy toy guns that look like AK-47s right. and you know AR-15s, and there's no one, there's nothing stopping someone from painting that gun and making it look as realistic as possible, right? Exactly but, right. And they're all orange-tipped, so why can't we have airsoft? I mean, it's just, I agree mm. with you 100%, mate, it is completely ridiculous, but for some yeah, reason it's we... it's kind of insane, really. For some mm. reason, we, no. haven't, we haven't been able to, to gain any ground on that issue, and we haven't been able to cut through with the common Sense What's their sense, though? What's their sense well, behind it? Considering like, I can own a real firearm, but can't own one that shoots plastic. Pipe. Yeah, I, I, I think Jason. One thing that I've come across is that people don't know about it anymore. Like maybe in the eighties, mm. I've spoken with some people and they've gone, "Oh yeah, airsoft was a thing. They might have an airsoft gun back in the day." But now people don't know what it is. The general public have no idea what an airsoft gun is, and then mm. they go, "Oh, it could be used in a you know robbery or whatever." But then it just comes back to back in this thing, mate. Like, mm. old mate got done with his piece of pipe running through the main street. I can <laughs> yeah, make two pieces of bloody, you know, two-inch by two-inch steel look like a gun and be done with it. So why, why mm. would an airsoft gun be any different? Like, yeah. it's... Instant deregulation for me. Yeah. Instant deregulation of paintball. No license. I think if I was in New South Wales, you a pistol it's license toys, to own. Right? Yeah, it's a toy. Right. Will, I don't want to cut you off, mate. I know there's a few people no, just left no, messages on my voicemail. So, thanks, um, gentlemen. Thanks, Mother. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one. Good thanks, on you, mate. mate. Thanks very much for being our first caller. Excellent. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. 
G'day, Turbo here from the Noob Spiro podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. So if you love your hunting and you love your fishing, you're going to love spearfishing as well. So check us out at the Noob Spiro podcast or visit us online at noobspiro.com. Hey, one of the awesome experiences that you can have when you are in the water, and that's why I started spearfishing. Don't overcomplicate your gear. Don't go dotting dressed up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole new world, and it's mysterious, it's magical. Beats the shit out of knitting anyway. Oh, yeah. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories, and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. Well, awesome. We just heard from Will, mate. That's awesome. So thanks, Will, for calling up. We really appreciate it. Yeah, so there you had Will uh, was our first caller, and we've actually got a few voicemails on the, yeah. on the phone. So Sorry, I'll, guys, we've been calling up. Yeah. As I said, when we do this, we don't have a personal secretary answering no. the phone. It's straight through to the phone, straight onto the show. So um, Yeah, I just wanted to touch on I something. I didn't even know Will was calling. I've spoken to Will before, and just to mm. let people know, I actually interviewed a couple of friends of his who came to my house, that, um, and we did like basically an airsoft. They do military adventure groups. They do tours mm. of New Zealand. Yep. So we're going to have that podcast coming up very soon. That's how I sort of met will and then will gave me a call and we had a chat and then yeah i got um you know his friends um cal and keith on the show to talk about airsoft so really really yeah. good stuff i mean look for those of you young guys who've never heard of airsoft i mean they're just replica bb guns that's all they are really yeah. and uh they're great fun to muck around with at home you can set up a couple of cans they're non-lethal they're not going to go through a fence or anything like that um you can set up a couple of cans in the backyard and shoot shoot some cans with a with a bb gun and you know it's just fantastic fun, and you can't own it in Australia because it apparently looks too much like a real gun. And I mean, and you know, you can buy all sorts of toy guns that have got uh, orange tips, and uh, you can definitely see that they're not real guns. So I just can't see why can't we have airsoft as long as it's got orange tips? Yeah. It's just ridiculous, really. And um, it's, but unfortunately, it's just that piece of legislation that's very hard to get through because politicians get very, very nervous. And any time to do anything with firearms, uh, whenever it's to do relaxing laws, they get very, very nervous. They get weak need, and if there's any kind of criticism from a police commissioner or you know the police union or whoever, whoever it might be, whoever the authorities might be that they run this information through, if there's any kind of you know pushback, then all of a sudden it just gets dropped, and and that's my personal belief, and that is why it's very hard to get these these sort of things through. So. Yeah. So anyway, Wolf, thanks for your call. It was fantastic. Mate, we're just going to go into a few uh, listener emails now. Mate, we're just, th- she's 38 minutes in. We had a great first call. Mm. This is, seems to be pretty popular so far. I don't think it's going to be pretty popular with the listeners. So I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it'd be great if we were live, eh, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if we were live. But like I said, guys, we, you know, it's, a bit, it's very hard to do like live sort of stuff. I mean, most of even the biggest podcasts really don't even do live stuff themselves unless no. they've got like, you know, even, I think Joe Rogan does, but I mean, you're talking, you know, he's getting millions and millions of people mm. listening to his show all right we got uh again we're just going to cut to if we get list more uh, call-ins we're just going to cut straight to that guys as yep. i said people are just calling in straight in so hey jason muzz i'm 29 years old this is anthony uh 29 years old i've been hunting and shooting for the past four years i've now started becoming active in my local deer stalkers club uh, in victoria and shooting range from listening to your show and watching Aussie reviews, I feel obligated to fight for my rights to hunt, shoot, fish, and camp for not only myself but my future children. I want to say thank you for your show and your fight for the Aussie shooter and hunter. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony. good on you, mate. Thanks very much. Excellent email. 
All right, we got another voice. Uh, sorry, no, email. I should say from Cameron. Awesome one, G'day, Cameron. Hi, Jason. I've been listening to your show for the last four podcasts and been enjoying them. On your last straight shooting 108, you said about getting the R license for New South Wales. I actually live in Victoria, and my parents own a holiday house in How Long? They, you know what they used to say? How Long to Molong? Because <laughs> I used to, my ex girlfriend's uh, family used to from, well, from Molong, so they used to go How Long to Molong? Anyway, lame, I know. So I thought, <laughs> why not take the guns up and do some pig shooting? So I rang New South Wales Licensing Division and was heavily surprised. I said the difference between the two states and the lack of better word, the restrictions in New South Wales, such as must be in an organisation like the SSAA, logging in, printing out permissions each time you go out to use public land, uh, and the price to go with it. Where in Victoria, it's less than $20 and, the, and lasts the length until your licence renewal with no, no compulsory course or memberships. I have no idea what other states in Australia are doing. I uh, hope they're nothing like New South Wales, where the licensing divisions seem to have power going to their head or something. Well, we, we, this is interesting because... Well, Cameron, sorry, Jason, I just want to comment on, uh, on that. Cameron... Look, the Victorian system is the best system. It's great. It's fantastic. Okay, yeah. but uh, in New South Wales, we're just happy to have it. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're just happy. Queensland to have don't have it yet, so I mean, there's nothing in Queensland. I don't think there's anything in, in South WA in or South, South Australia, Australia or yeah. Tassie. Oh, they got duck shooting in South in, in, in South right. in South Australia. Okay, so. so the other states don't even have it, mate. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And uh, to be honest, in New South Wales, yes, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit uh, red tape heavy. Yes, I understand that. But to be honest, mate, we're just happy to have it. We're happy to be able to hunt our state forest, and it's fantastic. And yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, look, well, but you know, the Victorian and uh, example, Victorian example, um, however, may not be able to be replicated in other states because of the type of the forest, type of land, and all that stuff that's involved in. Other I get states. a bit sick of printing out all the stuff. I think you, know, you yeah. print the maps. I mean, I got all the GPS maps. We use PDF maps on our phone, which is actually a pretty good system. That oh I'm yeah, that, that's great because you can really find all the roads. You can zoom in. It's not like the. I think I got the Garmin Etrex Twenty, which is a bit difficult to use when you're on your smartphone and you got the PDF maps. When you actually hit part of the map. You just turn your GPS on and you can zoom in, zoom out. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. And it's great. it's great. You know, you can mark those uh, particular spots. You can put waypoints and mark those particular spots that you want to go back to. You can uh, put your put where your campsite is and all that. And the great thing is you can share those maps with your friends. So if someone wants to go to that particular forest, then at least they've got all your information which you've gathered while you're there. So, yeah, it's a fantastic tool. And I'm not sure how if, if you guys in Victoria have got the same sort of uh, tool or do you rely on any maps, that would be great to... Um, find out anyone in victoria uh, because i've actually never been hunting in uh, in victoria uh, jason before ever uh, that might surprise you but I've, i have never been hunting in victoria so uh, well, you're an embarrassment <laughs> I'll, I'll right, be, i've I, only been there once too well look I, i've been to victoria like a dozen times i've been plenty of times but i've never actually been hunting there yet can you believe mm. it but you know what i've just honestly jason i've had so much access to private property in new south wales and also access to state forests that it's just i've never kind of felt the need to go there uh not yet anyway but definitely will one day in the future yeah mate this one too i'm not sure do we just read this one out from brent um, again this, someone was emailing me about a bit of a problem with the servers and he goes uh, good job by the way i was talking to aussie aussie reviews a couple of weeks ago and was saying how my opinion not only was one that best online commentaries but ahp has also built strength to strength I'll be honest and say that I don't listen to many of your podcasts, just simply a matter of time, that's all. And last time I did, it was an earlier one. Again, in my opinion, I've noticed you become a lot better over time. Thanks for all you do. Keep it up. That was from Brent. Good on you, Brent. Thank you Thank very you much for your Brent. feedback. All right, next one we got from John uh, off the Facebook. Hi, Jason. Just listen to episode 109 with Bo Ricketts. Love the 90% of the interview, but was a little disappointed with Bo's comments relating to genuine need for cat C&D. 
I agree he's entitled to his opinion, but in the next breath he explained how we all need su- need to support each other. In the back of my mind, uh, a tiny voice was whispering, F-U-double-D, what's fud again? <laughs> fud, I can't remember. What's the, I should have looked it up before I actually read this. Would have been smart. I think Bo seemed a little... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> fud. Uh, is it now? Search it on your phone while you're looking at this. Oh, okay. I think Bo seemed a little stuck between what his current law and what his fellow shooters believe would be more workable system for Lafos. Keep up the good work and tell Maza we are missing his silky tones. L O L, John, silky tones. Oh, silky tones. Well, I have to search that too. <laughs> I thought I was smarter than I am. Good on you, mate. Thanks for, thanks for your message. That yeah, was John. So appreciate that one, John. Thank you. All right, we're just looking at uh, the meaning of FUD, by the way, where John just wrote in. What does it say? Yeah, FUD, slang term for a casual gun owner. Example, a person who typically owns guns for hunting or shotgun sports and, yeah, okay, that's what it is. So like Elmer FUD? Was Elmer FUD a weekend warrior or like me? Well, maybe. I don't know. Well, when I looked up FUD, the very first thing that came up was a picture of Elmer FUD. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, another one is uh, from Shooting Journey. He didn't actually say his name. He goes, hi, guys. Fan here. Love the podcast. Definitely refreshing. I hear you say we need to be heard and show strength in numbers as we do. I just started shooting, and more I read about gun laws, the more discouraged and upset I get. I'm certainly not a criminal or a child, and I'm tired of being treated like one. Uh, In all that, in just six months, I've started shooting in my 30s. We do need one united voice, and I was wondering if you could promote. uh, Basically, it's an Aussie shooter subreddit site. Um, so I should post this on. I'll actually post this on the uh, Facebook page. But um, shooting journey, mate. Thanks very much. I mean, yeah. Obviously, the more people we can get out there, you know, promoting shooting in you know, all yeah. these types of avenues for. I mean, this Facebooks. is interesting, Jason. He's just started shooting in his thirties. I mean, this is interesting because I think you know a lot of people who um, just discover, uh, pretty much only discover our great outdoors in their late twenties or early thirties, and they don't realise what a wonderful country we really have when you actually go out there and explore and. And how wonderful it is to go out and just do a bit of camping and even hunting, you know, and, and firearm ownership. And firearm ownership is, you know, it's a bit of, it's empowering, you know. It's the fact that, you know, you're responsible with guns and, you know, you can you can go out and you can, uh, you know, do a bit of hunting and harvest your own food. It's fantastic. So thanks very much, Shooting Journey. Good on you. Absolutely. All right, we've got another caller calling in. Hello, welcome to AHP. Thanks for joining me. Jason speaking. Who have I, who have I got on the line with us? Hey Jason, it's uh, Keith. Uh, I'm from the Aussie One Airsoft team yes. here in Australia. Well, welcome, mate. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, Keith. Uh, yeah, it's uh, good to talk to you guys. I'm a huge fan and love listening to your walk. It's very good. Um, so, uh, Jason, I'm always, uh, I've recently moved back from America, and uh, I lived there for a few years. And I was uh, like a lapo over there. I had my guns and the whole lot, but um, you know, due to the nanny state I had to leave all my uh, toys behind me in America but just one thing I have noticed the big difference between the NRA and the states and how organised they are and the fragmented nature of all the different gun associations and groups across Australia so my question to you would be do you think they will ever find a common ground to unite and finally organise like a proper national association that will be have the support of the whole community. Yeah, well, I noticed one too, Keith, when I interviewed Double S Double A President Jeff Jones, and he made a very interesting comment actually that he said, you know, the basically the Sporting Shooters Association of Australia packs more punch than the NRA, and I found that very, very interesting that comment because I 
think both both organisations couldn't couldn't sort of be further apart. And we've got to be honest too. The double S double A is you know is is the biggest you know organisation here in Australia. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of other organisations popping up as you'd know in different uh, in different aspects of shooting. Um, you know, whether you know, Shooters Union Queensland, I mean, I know they're very pro firearm in getting our rights back. They do a great job, but unfortunately, they just don't have the numbers that the double S double A has. That's a that's a fact. And I think we need to make you know to be getting involved with with organisations like the double S double A. Some people may not want to, and people that know me know I'm on the Sydney branch committee. And sometimes, yeah, it can be very difficult, and you clash heads with people. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they're one of the organisations that people need to get involved in. If, if they're upset with the performance of the double S double A, get involved with them and change it get involved get on their get on their committees get on their boards because if we get people like me or you or, or Mars or other gun owners that want their rights back perhaps in the future the organization will change i mean the former president dean mile did step away from the presidency of the double national because basically i think because he, he really couldn't he really didn't see any any hope in actually achieving any of the changes that he wanted to make he wanted to make some quick changes um and i don't think you know like any bureaucracy it's hard to make quick changes sometimes and a lot of people can get discouraged also also keith um if i just may add add to that the problem with organizations like the wsaa they're not run the same way as the nra uh essentially any kind of change has to be made from the bottom up so it's up to people like myself and Jason to join the local branch and then essentially make changes from there and hopefully get enough really pro-gun people in the branch to be able to get a pro-gun president to be able to then, uh, I guess, move on to bigger and better things and become, say, New South Wales uh, members and then eventually national uh, president. And that is a very, very tough ask because at the moment what we've got, we've got a situation where we've got representatives at, an, at a national level who are really disconnected with the people on the ground, with the, with, the, with the rank and file members, because we don't get to vote who the president is. It's essentially a boys' club. So they get to decide who the president is. Whoever put their hand up and, you know, wants to do the job, I guess, does the job. And I would like to see a system, especially at a national level, where the SSAA constitution is amended so that the rank and file member has a say in who the president is and then that way we can have we, we can have an election or some sort of yep, an right. election i guess as, as to who we want the who we want to lead the organization at the moment we really have no say so yeah, it, it's good I, I totally yeah. agree with you on that if you're a, if you're a paid member of any association um it's 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 a right that that you have a vote yeah and yeah. you know and currently, i think, I, I think sorry, that's okay. the future and it's, and it's the only way things are going to change See, Keith, currently we do have a vote, but we only have a vote at a local level. With states and the states. Right. And I think, I think the states too, but... We'll confirm that. We'll confirm we'll, that. We'll confirm day. it, but I'm sure I 100% know we have a vote at a, at a local level. So you can vote at your local branch, but you really have no say at what happens at the national level. Mm. And that's what's missing. And we need to be able to make changes from the top down, mm. not from the bottom up. Because if you make changes at the head, if, 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 the, if we've got a good leader... If we've got a good leadership, then obviously the people below you are going to follow. Unfortunately, we really don't have great leadership at the moment. I mean, Jeff Jones, he's, I guess he's trying his best. I mean, I'm just going to read you out just a little bit of an excerpt from the latest magazine, the Australian Shooter magazine. Now, Jeff Jones starts off by saying, time and time again, the media uses the term gun lobby in a derogatory way and attempts to unfairly paint everyday sporting shooters and hunters as extremists gun nuts who want to see our 
gun laws watered down. I don't know what he's saying there. I want to see our gun laws watered down. And then he continues <laughs> and says, I always counter with the point that we would not have to lobby and defend our members' right to the privilege of firearm ownership. Now, just think about that. He's saying that our members have a right to the privilege. I mean, how can you have a right to the privilege? I mean, the language's not even correct. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, a, 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 a right is... Um it's how it's how you perceive it, but like their perception and a firearm owner's perception are so far away from each other, it's not even funny. Correct, and mate, in this country, we have a set of legal entitlements, and a legal entitlement, if you look it up by definition, is a right. We have a right to gun ownership. Okay, so I mean, you can apply for a license, and there's a process to follow. I mean, we live in a society after all, and you just can't be handing out guns to everyone. So we have a, a process you got to follow. You get your you get your license. Once you once you fill out the process and you've gone through all the checks and balances, after that, mate, you've got you have a right to buy a gun, you know. And and mm. if you as long as you stay within the right side of the law, as long as there's no you know AVOs put on you or you get done for assault or any kind of criminal charges or whatever it might be, um, and as long as you follow the conditions of your license, I mean that is a right. I mean it's not a I guess it's not uh, a constitutional it's, it's right. It's not a constitutional right, yeah. like Jason said. It's not something that's protected by the Constitution, but it's protected by the current laws. And it's, it is a legal entitlement, therefore, it is a right. And you can look it up. And the fact that people like Jeff Jones can't even say yeah, like the word properly. The, the, the right, just, just, just hear that out the right to the privilege. The right How to can the you privilege. have a right to a privilege? So we're getting a yeah. right to have a privilege to own a. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's yeah, it's on the, yeah, like it, 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 those laws, and uh, they need to be totally rewritten again. You know, they're um, yeah. they're antiquated and and they're not serving anybody justice. You know, and, and the same thing. We go on the don't we the, the double S double A national Facebook page, and I mean, I'm already banned from the page. I mean, you say something even remotely like you, we, we want results. What are you guys doing? People just result in people getting banned. Yeah, and you're getting banned, or your comments are deleted and stuff. Yeah, it's not yeah. really a, an open forum for everybody, is it? It's a, no. There's a, well, a hierarchy at work there that um, the rest of us don't have any input in. Well, one thing that'll uh, that'll make you happy, uh, mate, is uh, or this also is part of uh, Jeff Jones's message, and I and I'm very interested in in the president's message. Uh, message, I think that's really important. The double S double A president's message, because really uh, they they are our most powerful gun lobby essentially in the country and i don't think much is going to happen unless they really want it to happen and and i think we can at least we've got an organization we can get behind so and what he's saying here uh, in in the president's message he says to ramp up our political activities in a crucial election year double sba national will be launching a new communications platform the double sba legislative action or double sba la Members may be familiar with the NRA's Institute of Legislative, Legislative Action, Action Body yeah. that is the lobbying arm of the association. The SSAA LA will be, as, uh, will be similar in the sense that it will act as our political voice and clearly outline our political activities to our members. Now, so what he's saying there is we're moving more towards kind of like an NRA model where they have a, a legislative action uh, group. So... I mean, that's actually positive news. So yeah, but are they going to actually say things like the NRA that actually promote shooting like properly and actually fight for our rights and stick it to the politicians well, or not? Well, that remains to be seen. So we just we. But what I'm trying to say is, I guess it's a positive move to start. It, it is a positive move, right? So I mean, they are doing some things that are positive. But the reason why they're doing these things is because of people like myself, yourself, Jason, everyone else that's giving them the feedback. 
Now, if people just sit back on their hands and do nothing, well, they're just going to think they're doing a great job and nothing's going to get done. Exactly. But I they, bet Keith's probably... Give, yeah, Keith, you've got to give him he's feedback. Pr- he's got probably to, more upset. Keith's, I reckon, upset because he had to leave his guns in America. He's hurting a lot. I'd be hurting, <laughs> Keith. I'd be hurting. Yeah, I left um, nine but, firearms. Over seven thousand US dollars worth of gear I left behind uh, me in the do, Must hurt. Do you miss America, Keith? Honestly, uh, I've been an Australian citizen for fifteen years. I'd move back to America in the morning. <laughs> Keith, oh. I pre mate, we've got a few calls coming in, so good. I do I do appreciate your uh, input on the show, mate. Thanks very much. I good, do appreciate good on it. you, Keith. Thank no you very much guys, for calling. Uh, love your work and thank you very much for having me on. Thanks, mate. Bye. Excellent. Bye bye. Liberal Democrat Senator David Lionhelm is a committed shooter, fighting for your rights. He forced government ministers to start regular talks with shooting groups on gun laws, and in just one year has saved shooters from eviction from the Malabar Rifle Range in Sydney. David also secured $3 million in funding for range improvements. Visit ldp.org.au and vote one, the Liberal Democrats. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blades splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to ozgunsales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers, Australia-wide, and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including 8 years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original OzGuns. Yeah, and uh, you just heard from Keith there, and that was a fantastic conversation. That was a great call, and uh, I, I really, really enjoyed Mudge, that. you started getting into one of our articles about the, the National with the Shooter magazine. What is it, Sporting well, Shooter? Well, I think this is a no. very important article. This is the March... Australian Shooter. Yeah, the Australian Shooter March edition. Now, I just, I've got, I just recently got the April one as well, but we didn't discuss the March edition. That's March 2016, Australian Shooter. And this is the letter from the president, president's message. Is this what you just read out? Jeff Jones. No, it's, not, it's part of what I've read out. And I think Jeff has uh, done a lot of good things here. Now, we're giving him a bit of a bollocking for telling us that we've got a right to the privilege. I mean, I don't know how that works. But, Jeff, you've got to get, you've got to get this information right, mate. You've got to get the terminology right. I mean, if anyone can tell him, uh, tap him on the shoulder or something. Uh, really, we've got, we've got legal entitlements in this country. Legal entitlements. So, and there, you know, if you look at the meaning of that, we've got rights. And I think, and I wish, I wish to God people were just saying that we've got rights. You know, none of these privileges and rights that are privileged and something like that. Doesn't um, it make sense, that? Doesn't it make sense? I don't know. Anyway, okay, so. Let's finish this one. Finish yeah, what, what Jeff is saying is this year when you see emails, 
e-newsletters or stories branded SSAA, we ask that you take time to read a message and share the news with as many people and voters as you can. Okay, very important. Now, I'm waiting to see what this SSAA will be actually doing, Jason. So, Because this is a new initiative, so I'm very happy about this. Mm. Um, and I certainly hope they're going to be, um, I guess, a lobby group with teeth. You know, so I, I really, really like this, and this is a positive move. And uh, now Jeff also writes. In summary, I have reiterated the point that your vote matters. Absolutely, we will bring you uh, the relevant firearms-related policies from the political parties and canvas individual supporters and dissenters to inform you as the best as best we can. It is up to you to ensure your vote does not result in preferences following. Uh, flowing, sorry, uh, to those who do not support our cause. Very important. Together, we represent a formidable force, and we trust in our members to help secure the future of our sport. So, you know, he's sending a strong, positive message out there to make sure your vote counts. Now, uh, speaking of voting, Jace, I'd like to talk to you about the the Senate reforms. Now, those of you that may not be familiar, uh, I think the Senate reform bills uh, have passed, and um, I think that uh, from now on, there'll be no preference deals in the upper house uh, for uh, the federal election. So I think you will have the opportunity to put your own preferences on. And Is it one to six that they go I with I think that? it's one to six on, above the line. So you'll be able we'll to get vote. more information for yeah. the next show too. So, so from what I'm gathering on this is that uh, your pro-gun vote will be, you can distribute your preferences from one to six. Let's say, for example, um, if you're a big fan of shooters and fishes, you can put shooters and fishes number one. And then you can probably put maybe Liberal Democrats, number two, or vice versa, would depend who you like. Then, of course, you can put down all the other preferences to all the other minor parties who support our cause, Mm. who support gun rights. And I think ALA is one, and also I think Pauline Hanson is one. Mm. So I think think this is a very... I think this could result in a lot more pro-gun senators in the upper house I, I think that this could result in that Jason and I'll tell you why because no longer will you be just putting say for example uh, number one on uh, say LDP or SFP and then all of a sudden your preferences end up with Palmer or Labor or, or Labor liberal, or Liberal or Greens even or even, even, the, even the Greens let's be honest right and this is what happens this is when, when they do because at the end of the day the, the political parties are going to do the deals they need to do that's going to see the one person of theirs elected correct now which sometimes I don't have a problem with I know it's it's, it's not bad to say mm-hmm. but if it's either you know what would you do if it's either Greens you know preferencing Greens in some respect and getting a person up or not you know I don't know very interesting well it, it is and I think uh, it's going to be a very interesting result uh, this year, and me and Jason will keep you guys posted and to yep. see what what develops with the new law changes. Yeah. But I believe that these new law changes, if I'm reading this right, will result in our in an ability for us to put a lot more pro gun people in Parliament. I, I really do think that's the case. So hopefully, hopefully I'm right. And yep. uh, if any of you guys, if you're if you're experts at the Electoral Commission or whatever it is, or if you're if you're really good with this stuff, if you want to give us more information, great. Uh, send us an email or send us a voicemail or something like yep. that. We'd appreciate it. wanted to talk about, um, this one was very interesting, the Shooters and Fishers Party in New South Wales. Uh, a couple of different ones here. A lot of people know a couple of weeks ago, they, we saw a post very interesting about um, suppressors, how apparently Category A and B shooters, you know, the the uh, genuine reason list has changed. But um, there was a lot of people getting on Facebook, weren't they, Mother, saying, well, they're getting their suppressors now, yeah. they, they can't, we can't be denied. I always knew, because I looked up at this about four or five years ago. Now, just, just to clarify first, we know 
Um, there were some people on Facebook saying how they were going to take the you know, firearms registry to the tribunal. I myself deal with the tribunal in my employment probably once every two weeks. So I know what it's like. I know what happens there. And some of these younger guys, which is fine. I want suppressors too. Hey, guys, don't get me wrong. I think it should absolutely should be mandatory. Yes. Um, but this was always a genuine reason. It just wasn't on the form. So this is purely only a form change. I know a lot of people have been sending in their suppressor permits. They've put them on hold. Um, and I know someone, me, myself and Murray, a category D owner yep. um, who, we, who actually went hunting with for one of the days he came with us on the trip and even he says he's being rejected his suppressor permit so if you've got a category D guy who's been you know, generally re- rejected of his suppressor permit well, there's Buckley's of none of a category A and B sporting shooter of getting a suppressor if I'm wrong have you, you know, and I've actually called the registry and spoke to someone there who actually deals with this and there's not one suppressor permit in New South Wales that's been uh, category A and B for recreational hunting and sport yeah. shooting so again and don't forget too the all it is is the form has changed in New South Wales it was always a genuine reason any prohibited item you can actually apply for it's a crossbow you can apply for a crossbow yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they're going to give it to you but if you have a genuine reason which no one knows what it is you've just got to write to them ask permission they're not going to probably give it to you but if you have the right reason to them then you will get it it's like anything on that prohibited list Um, and even if you actually look on the new form it actually does say there are other genuine reasons for suppressor shooting as well which aren't on the list before i think there was two or three there was um you know government officials and there was also um vpac category d shooters uh now it's got sporting shooters there might be one other one on there Uh, but again there's more than that there's you know uh, theatrics there's other kinds of things as well there's many reasons why you can apply for a suppressor so i just thought i'd just give people a heads up yes i want suppressors as much as the next guy and people think getting it on the form is the first step mate it's there's a long way to go from there i can assure you that i want them like muzz this muzz does it just makes absolute sense well just speaking of that jason i mean there was a press release and uh robert borsak and brown were interviewed i think yes. it was on uh abc or this goes into remember. the next few yeah. topics anyway know. really really we've got a call interview. coming in guys oh, here another we go. call here we go okay all right welcome to hp thanks for joining us speaking with jason how you going, Jason? Good, mate. How are you? Who am I speaking with? Uh, Aaron. From where? Where are you from, Aaron? Uh, Brisbane, mate. Nice. What would you like to contribute, mate? Yeah, what do you want to talk about? M- M- Jason and Muzz here. <laughs> We're a bit nervous, obviously, about our new calling process. But a few people have called. We've missed a few calls because, you know, we got talking with a few people. But uh, what would you like to add to the show, mate? Oh, these things happen. These things happen. Just uh, about the show on SBS tonight that's about to start. Yes, we're going to we're gonna probably duck in down and probably, you know, just pause recording while we're recording the show and duck down same time as you and probably give a, give a bit of a recap. But what did you want to add about that? Oh, just uh, how it's so one-sided and biased. There's no real argument about it. You've got, uh, I think it's five anti-gunners against uh, Robert Brown and... I can't remember. There's a farmers. I think there's a farmers federation guy. I think there's someone from down in Sydney, maybe Campbelltown Pistol Club. I think. Don't quote me on that yet. We'll obviously recap after that. But yeah, uh, terrible. Uh, like I said, it's just uh, it's too biased. Nobody can can actually get a valid point across without you know, yeah, yeah, hard confirmation being thrown uh, everywhere. Yeah, Aaron. Look, uh, I, I absolutely agree with you. Don't forget. Uh, John Howard is a bit of a sacred cow in uh, in the Australian media. No one ever puts him to the test. No one. Yeah, ever but this t- is the hang on, Mars. This is the first time, right? That Robert Brown, uh, the guys from whoever's going to be on the show in the pro gunning community, hadn't have an opportunity. Yeah. 
and I hope they absolutely took that by the balls, right, yep. and rammed some statistics home in front of these people. I, I don't want to hear – I really don't want to hear them defending the current system. I don't want to hear them saying, well, how hard it is to get a firearm and it's heavily regulated the way it should be. I want to see the pro gunners tonight take take John Howard the task because, Aaron, as you probably know, I don't think, I'm pretty sure, this is the first time in 20 years someone has gone head-to-head at least in the same – at least in the same room – and it's going to be on TV. I mean, this is huge, Mars. This is huge. Yeah. What do you think, Gary? You reckon it's going to be huge? Uh, that's or? exactly right. I, I think it is going to be huge. I, I do think that uh, Mr. Brown's going to obviously pull up a lot of valid points, but I just don't know how it's all going to be uh, taken on. Like I said, I'd like for him to get his point across. I uh, currently think the NFA is a complete matter joke. Yep. It isn't doing anything but costing, uh, costing us a fortune. But yeah. like I said, I, I think it's quite an opinion. I think we all need to get in there and start writing the letters and start really badgering the federal MPs. Absolutely, Aaron. You're absolutely 100% correct. Uh, look, yeah, look, I'm eagerly waiting to see this. I certainly I hope. saw some of the excerpts on there. Mm. Um, you know, that, there's that blonde lady. She's like, oh, that's the way it should be. It should be hard. And I'm yeah, like, there's a lot of emotional yeah. stuff there. So I'm waiting to see if, if the boys, uh, our pro gunners, really get a fair whack. And um, I'm waiting to see whether or not uh, John Howard gets the usual uh, soft questions from the from the media, um, and I'm hoping, I'm, like Jason said, I'm hoping that the boys yeah. uh, really take him to task and, and give him a grilling. Because don't uh, forget, this is actually pre-recorded. It was actually recorded on March 22nd. Mm. Now, what from what I've heard, it's it's not going to be that great. That's what I've heard from someone that was actually in the audience. It's not that great. Um, basically, a few things going on. I think the first half an hour, they well, concentrate. let's not prejudge it too yeah, much. Port Arthur. Yeah, yeah. And then I think the second half, apparently, a lot of people are talking about the Adler, the last half an hour. So... That's that's what I've heard. Don't know that's going to be what happens and how they're going to cut it, obviously, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, what are your thoughts on the whole situation, just in gun ownership in general, Aaron? What do you think? Um, I, I think it's it's quite restrictive in the sense um, I applied for my license in June 2015. I didn't see my license till uh, almost the 20th of February. Wow. Jeez. Six months. So that, so that I, I would have been straight months. on to the um, police Seven minister months. saying, what on earth? I would have been badgering the police minister, ringing up their office. No, not good enough. What's going on? doesn't take this long. We've got to badger our officials, I think, Muzz. We really have to, you know, you know take them to task. I mean, yeah, because as soon as you contact the minister, all of a sudden, you know, two weeks later, it's, it's in the mail, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much it. But uh, I, uh, I did send letters to Joey and Miller, but we all know how that, that yeah. went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty much landed on deaf ears. And apparently the new guy's not much different either because he was, remember, oh, shooting heard, rats uh, in the roof. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't heard anything from him either. Well, Aaron, the only advice I can give you, mate, is keep going. They're not going to be able to ignore yeah. you guys forever. And you've got, a lot no, of, right. you've got a lot of people up there in Queensland, and let me tell you, they can only ignore you for so long. So you just keep, um, you know, I guess, gathering the troops, uh, keep, keep yeah. let people know that they've got to ride in. They've got to, and don't give up. Don't to, give up. Exactly. Don't give up. We've got to change our habits. The, the old way of, oh, yeah, she'll be right, the Aussie way, mate, you know, that just doesn't work anymore, mate. We've, we've got to get off our, our collective bums, and we've got to actively do something yeah. for ourselves. And that's the United Force. Exactly, and that's the only way it's going to happen. I can guarantee, like I said before, the only reason we have the Adler in this country right now is because of the thousands of people that wrote in to your to your local, your federal, and your state politicians telling them, listen, don't yeah. you dare ban this gun. It's an absolute joke. 
and and if you do you will lose my support and i can tell you right now they've listened to that message and uh look and that's what we've got to keep doing mate we've got to keep doing it to become second nature yeah, agreed. But the only thing is, too, same thing. I don't know. What do you think, Aaron? You reckon? Because some people often ring in. Oh, sorry, they write in. They they get yeah you know, they get the generic response and they go, oh, well, oh, they gave me the generic. response. That's it. You you hit them again. But, uh, then as, you hit as them again. You said, though, um, as you said, many other people have said as well. Don't accept it. No, Send exactly. One. Send them another one, mate. Exactly. Send another one. So many people will sit there and go, oh, they didn't respond to me, or they didn't respond and they just give up. I, I attach my letter again and I say, hey, please address my letter. This is yeah. my second oh, correspondence yeah. now, and my third time. For, I remember when the Game Council was shut down in New South Wales, I literally had the head, uh, uh, Katrina Hodgkins said, well, she got the ass, I guess, but um, you know, she was the, uh, what was Katrina Hodgkins, the Primary Industries, Prime Industries. Minister for yes. Primary yeah. Industries, yeah. and she um, basically, I was, I was talking to her head of staff. By the, by the end, I was actually dealing with her head of staff, uh, and basically sort of at the end one, he goes, well, if this, if this finalises it, well, that's sort of, <laughs> we're not going to be responding again pretty much, so... Aaron? Yeah. No, that's, that's it. Um, I know uh, Bernie Rimpole, my local federal member, he uh, wasn't exactly all that uh, responsive with his uh, with his letters that he sent me, so I just ended up with phoning up. I spoke to one of the members in his office and said, well, can I book an interview? Exactly, yeah. Went down there, had a, had a talk, and, you know, dropped the fact in that we are all criminals. Exactly, it's a, it's a legitimate hobby. Yeah, that's right. And all those people don't forget. Even if you get even if you get a group of shooters going in at once, to them, if ten people are thinking like this, well, there's a, a thousand out there that are thinking like that. I've actually exactly. heard local members say that actually from you know being in the industry that I'm in, they go if they get ten people come to their office, that's big for them because there's yeah. a, th- a thousand people out there that think but but don't come in that will vote accordingly. So yeah, absolutely, no, and, exactly right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And look, I mean. I haven't been able to achieve it yet, but I've got a couple of friends in my area and we're, we're planning to uh, go and see the local member. But we're, there's not enough of us. We're trying to get at least five or six together to go and see a local member together because I think that will send a very powerful message. And if anyone's cable, if anyone is able to do that, get a few of your mates together and let's go see your local member. Where are they? Freak right then, out. Then, then you know, and, and, <laughs> and if you go see it and speak to them face to face, and just you know, just put your points forward, and you be p- polite and respectful. I mean, I think that will go a long way. But anyway, Aaron, thanks very much for your call, mate. Fantastic call, and thank you very much for being part of the show. Yeah, thanks, Jason Mars. Keep up the good work, guys. It's always no. a pleasure listening to your podcast. No worries, mate. Thanks for calling us in. Appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks for Aaron to call in. Mars, what we we're actually talking about the uh, suppressors, so let's yes. con- let's continue with that. Yeah, so, um, so we've got a clip uh, from um, um, I think it's ABC or SBS. I can't remember, yeah. but anyway, Robert Borsak done an interview with um, with Robert Brown, yeah. and he absolutely nailed this interview. He made all the right points. And absolutely smashed it out of the park. It and this is what we get, like we said yeah. before, like to see a, a consistency. And this is fantastic. Actually, I think he did a great job. And uh, when you see the full eight minutes, I think well, I think we're going to play the, the four minute one. But he's almost you can see the intensity. He was almost um, uh, almost mad, you know. And some of the stuff that he says, I just thought magical. Yes, yes, yeah. this is yeah. what we've he, been waiting he really for. Made, he really fantastic. made some excellent points. And uh, Jace, we're going to play that interview now first, so you guys can have a listen to it. Where does the law currently sit when it comes to silences? Well, the law uh, as it stands uh, at the moment is that silences, or we like to call them moderators because they don't actually silence anything, uh, they are under, uh, regulated under the Prohibited Weapons Act 1980, sorry, sorry 1998, 
uh, and you need a commissioner's permit to get one. Uh, the way it was being regulated in the past was it's effectively saying no one should have them and we don't think that's right. Uh, there are good, uh, good economic reasons and good conservation reasons for having them. Uh, many other countries in the world with equivalent uh, regulatory regulation format to Australia uh, does have in fact almost compulsory in many cases. So what would you like to see? Well, I'd like to see a situation where shooters, uh, and uh, whether they're professional, but I'd like to see recreational shooters be able to get access to these particular moderators because I think it will help us a lot in terms of not just saving their hearing, but also make sure that we can regulate the number of feral animals more efficiently. And you mentioned it a little bit briefly there, but if you just wanted to go into um, you know, why um, silencers would be a good thing. Well, look, they are a good thing because they help us reduce the feral animal load. Uh, they would be good for farmers for exactly that same purpose. Uh, they are not a danger in relation to uh, criminal activity in Australia. Uh, in fact, we can't get an adult debate going in Australia on firearms laws. It's all dominated by uh, sloganeering from the anti-gun propagandists. There's never been a comprehensive argument put by anyone why they shouldn't be available legally in Australia, not just to mention New South Wales. Uh, the 19, as I said, the 1998 uh, law actually provides for them to be available, so why aren't they being issued? Mm. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier as well on, you know, they're called silencers, but they don't actually effectively silence the gun. Do you want to explain that a bit more? Yeah, what, what happens with uh, a moderator is that uh, it reduces the noise it doesn't silence the noise, in other words, make it no noise. Uh, and the, the whole noise thing is also a furphy because a large amount of the noise that does come from a projectile or a bullet is the sonic boom. Uh, and that's going to happen anyway, regardless of whether you have a moderator on the end of your rifle or not. And so these sort of images that we see in sort of James Bond-style movies, it's not quite correct? Uh, not correct in any way, shape or form. It's nonsensical almost. The reality is, if they were so efficient for criminals to use, then why aren't criminals using them? Why? And terrorists, I might add. Why aren't they doing it? Because they like to make as much noise as they can, not as little noise. They want people to know that uh, they're shooting up people's houses in the western suburbs somewhere. No, the whole thing is being driven by propaganda. There has been no argument advanced anywhere in Australian politics that actually supports the, the position that they should not be legally available. Mm. And is there, I saw there was some criticism that in terms of hunting situations it might lead to accidental shootings, if people don't know there's shooting going on in the area, do you think that that's a, an issue? No, I, I don't think that's an issue at all. Uh, every shooter, uh, regardless of whether there's noise or not, or a large amount of noise or not, the number one safety issue is identify your target. And that would happen regardless of whether you had a moderator on the end of your rifle or not. Look, they're freely available, almost compulsory in New Zealand, uh, all over the UK and all over Europe. What's different in Australia? Austra what's different in Australia is we have an adolescent, stupid approach to firearms laws and it needs to be addressed. Mm. And um, we've seen similar moves in the US. Well, the US is trying to make it have less regulations on them. They're also sort of trying to rebrand them, I guess, as suppressors rather than silencers. Do you see, is, is this kind of a parallel move that's going on overseas? Oh, it's got nothing to do with what's happening in America, uh, nothing at all. This is strictly in relation to Australia. Our research showed that uh, we are being regulated out of existence in relation to these things. I mean, I've got 45 years worth of hearing loss now, and that's just one, one part of it. Uh, 
But the more important part is what I said earlier. It can help us control feral animals and make uh, hunters and conservation hunters especially much more efficient. And this is something we would rather have than have governments or uh, farmers using poisons, for example. Mm. So um, you've spoken about the benefits. So um, is it also a disruption issue for neighbours? Look, I think there are plenty of examples in Europe for, uh, and in the UK where they use uh, moderators on shotguns and also at rifle ranges. Uh, you put a moderator on a uh, rifle that you shoot at the range, it does not affect the ballistics, and it just reduces the sound. makes it a lot easier to live with if you live in or near a rifle range. Um, I think it, that can only be a good thing. Mm. And um, so I understand currently there's a complete ban on importing um, the silencers. Is that, is that the situation at the moment? Look, I believe that's what it is, but uh, it would not be uh, any problem at all for someone legally or illegally to make them. It's all over the internet. It's not as if it's difficult or complicated technology. Um, it would be very easy to bring them in from New Zealand or from Europe somewhere uh, once it became properly legal and available. Uh, if the government wants to uh, get involved in this sort of stuff, it should be promoting the access to safe hearing and the, and the elimination of feral animals. It shouldn't be restricting these things just on the basis of a nanny state approach to things and that's all there is. Uh, there is nothing in the National Firearms Agreement that says you shouldn't be allowed to have one. Yet for some reason or other uh, we are having all sorts of problems being able to get them, get them made legal and have ordinary citizens have access to them. And so your argument is that there's no increased danger. You don't think that criminals would um, benefit in any way? Well I put the question back to you. Uh, why aren't criminals using them now? You know, the reality is if criminals wanted to use them, if terrorists wanted to use them, uh, they would be using them now. The answer is most criminals don't want to use them because they like the idea of making a maximum amount of noise uh, when they shoot their pistols off or, in the case of a terrorist, create, create as much disturbance as they possibly can and, and fright, shock and horror uh, from the public. If you have a moderator on the end of a rifle, uh, or even worse, on a pistol, it doesn't do that. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't talk to their narrative. Mm. And you're saying it's easy enough if they wanted to, to make the technology? It's very easy. Uh, anyone can do it in any, uh, any home, garage, workshop, uh, whether it's... Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I had to kick that ball. Yeah. Um, anyone can make them uh, in any backyard, workshop, with a lathe. Uh, very easy to do. Okay, anything else you think is important to mention? Yeah, the government should support and issue these things, uh, these moderators. Uh, oh yeah, well we should also talk about my bill. Yeah, I've, you know, I've had a bill in front of the Parliament of New South Wales probably for the last five and a half years uh, to regulate and punish firearms used in crime. The government refuses to support it. Mm. Now, if they're really keen about uh, controlling crime, what they should do is introduce a form of mandatory sentence to criminals who use firearms or produce or discharge firearms in the commission of a crime. Absolutely. Government won't do it. Yet, for some reason or other, they're more interested, of course, in propagandising and controlling law-abiding firearms citizens than they are in actually controlling criminals. Mm. And this is just another example of it. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. And so you currently have... Um um, a proposal to the to the state government on oh, the silence? Yeah, yeah. We, oh, no, the proposal side of things. Yeah. Look, uh, we went through the process and negotiated with the government and talked to them. <coughs> they produced a paper out of their consultative committees with the firearms registry, which recommended that these things go forward. Um, they changed the paperwork for applications. 
uh, and that's all good. Now we have to push it to the next stage that they actually should start issuing these uh, these uh, commissioners. moderators commissioners permits. Um, we'd even go for, further to say that they shouldn't be issued on commissioners permit. They should just be issued normal as any license. normal license arrangement because that's all they are. Again, I get back to to it in New Zealand. You know, you can buy them over the counter like a like a uh, a bottle of Coca Cola. Okay, in the UK they are virtually compulsory for any shooting. Yet for some reason or other, the boogeyman comes out in Australia and, ooh, you know, we're all scared. Ooh, this is scary stuff. It's, it's silly. It's adolescent. It's, it's childish. It's juvenile. And it's just plain propaganda. Okay. Um, so the, the changes to the forms, did that happened recently over the last few days? Or? Oh, it happened, uh, I think it happened a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so people can now apply that they need the special commissioners... Well, it's an application for a commissioner's permit. See, what what they were doing before was they didn't have uh, all the, the nine genuine reasons on the form. They only had two or three, and the, and so what they were doing was siphoning the application process. And what we said to them, hang on, you're not you're actually not following the law. You should, if you are going to allow people to make applications, what you should do is put all the all the genuine reasons on there. Uh, and we focus in on the the hunting and recreational uh, vermin control so reasons, and that's been added on yeah. now. But, okay. no, it doesn't mean that when they make an application, automatically they're going to get one. Yeah. Well, that's the next political push that's got to come. But just to get them act fairly on this stuff is the hard part. Okay. So the next step is to get it um, to be less... Um... Well, that's right, less restrictive. Yeah. Um, and as I say, we don't actually think that they should be uh, on a commissioner's permit anyway. Yeah. Uh, they should just be generally available. The same as New Zealand, the same as the UK, same as, you know, all over Most Europe. Of Europe. Most of Europe, you know. It's just, why, is it, why, why are things worse in Australia? I would think actually things are better in Australia. Mm. Okay, and uh, there you heard uh, Robert Borsak being interviewed and a uh, fantastic job and really nailed it. Couldn't be happier with that interview really. But Jason, as you know recently, yep. uh, the SFP have had a name change. So they're no longer the SFP, they're the SFFP. So the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party. Yeah. Now, I really don't know what their goal is with this name change. Well, I think um, it's to get the, the farmers vote away from the nationals, I think. I mean, I'm guessing yeah, that's I, what I, the idea is. I understand, is. yeah. I, they've always wanted to, uh, I guess, uh, go into nationals turf, and that's fair enough. But I just don't know if this name change is going to do anything for them, to be honest, Jason, because, I mean, even still today on radio, whenever they get interviewed by TGB or TUE, people still call them the shooters party. You know, Shooters Party MP, Robert Borsak, you hear Richo or Alan Jones or someone else always say they still call them the Shooters. They can't even call them the Shooters and Fishers Party. How on earth are they going to ever call them the Shooters, mm. Fishers and Sometimes Farmers they Party? do. It depends on, I guess, where it, you know, I guess it's the best on where it is and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, what we wanted well, to... Well, look, Jason, just want to talk about the name change for, for a moment. So, look, I, I really don't think that this name change is a good idea. I really don't think it's a good idea. And I don't know why they've done this. And it's going to cost them a bit of money, and I just don't think there's going to be enough return. I just don't think it's going to uh, do what they think it's going to do. That's just my personal opinion. It's not an attack on I mean, them. I don't think it's, a, it's not a huge deal. It's not a huge deal either way. All right, what this goes on to, too, we want to sp- speak about. Um, yeah. Obviously, with there's the name change, which I don't think it's a huge deal, as Mars just said. But you know, whether it's going to do anything, I guess time will tell during the next, I guess, state election, one in 2019. Um, the part I'm, I'm sort of a bit flabbergasted about, I wanted to talk about, is the the Enclosed Lands Act. There's been a lot of talk about protesting CSG mining. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people unhappy on the Facebook page. Some people really happy. 
So what I wanted to do was actually talk to the guys at the Shooters and Fishers Party. As I said before, previously in the show and on the Facebook page, we're going to be doing an election special. We're going to be interviewing a bunch of different political parties, and it's up to you guys who you want to vote for. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. If you already know who you want to vote for, fantastic. If you don't, then some of this information might help you. Now, the bit I'm disappointed about is Robert Brown posted on my page from his new uh, mm. Facebook page that he mans saying he wanted to come on the show, call my office, he'd love to get on the air. Well, I sent an email uh, in regards to all the emails I sent, uh, as Muzz knows, to the political party saying, hey, listen, Jason here, want to get you guys on board again, even if it's just 20 minutes even. What's your firearms policy? Tell us about it. How can you know, people vote for you, etc.? Yeah. And giving everyone an equal opportunity. So I emailed Philip Despotoski. Uh, the, he's the uh, campaign, is he state, state campaign, state director of the Shooters and Fishers Party, um, and said, love to get Robert on the show. Um, he posted on my Facebook page saying he wanted to be involved. Anyway, the, the sort of, um, the, basically what I got back was, in a nutshell, I'm not going to read the whole thing. All respect to Philip, it's not his, I guess, position. He's only doing what they tell him anyway. Yeah. Because unfortunately, Robert won't be available for AHP to represent the Shooters, Fishers, and soon to be Farmers Party. We'd still like to get our message across. I got your email with the talking points you had that you want to speak to Robert. Uh, sorry, with specific information if you want. We may be able to supply answers to those questions and any, any others you may have which you can publicize as our position. Uh, Robert Brown will be on the SBS, etc., etc. So I. I thought, well, that's weird because he just posted on my page saying he wanted to be available. Like, what, he's not available, what, five months before the election? It doesn't annoy me, guys. It more annoys me that I can't get the information out to you guys. Mm. It's not it's not hurting me at all. I mean, if you don't want to get the, your voice out to 40,000 people per month in the pro-shooting community, well, that's, that's, that's your loss at the end of the day. I'm a little bit disappointed. Anyway, so I wrote back about a week later or so, what, um, no, March 21st I did, actually, and I said, hi, Philip, I have some questions in regarding the protesting laws and would like the SSFP position on this, please. There's been a lot of unhappy people on both sides of the fence about the Enclosed Lands Act. Um, There's a lot of negative comments on Robert Brown's page. So what I tried to do was actually talk to these guys to get what, what's the real data yeah. about the Enclosed Lands Act. I don't we know. We want to get more information yeah, about the... because about, they're copying a bollocking. Yeah. Because if, if, it, if everything is as, it is as they say it is, then it shouldn't be a problem to either come on my show or give me some straight answers in regards to the Enclosed Lands Act. So basically what happened was, I'll give you my questions, but I'll give you what happened first. Basically, so I emailed Philip, and then I, someone got back to me called, um, if I click on my listener list here, John Townsend. Now, he's a senior analyst for the Shooters Office of Robert Brown Shooters and Fishers Party, John Townsend. Now, he basically, he said, Philip passed on your questions in regards to the Enclosed Lands Act. Here is the copy of Robert Brown's address, uh, which addresses your questions. There's one important factor. Remember, hunters don't trespass, criminals trespass, information educating hunters on the importance of seeing landowners' permission. And then he posted two articles to a Daily Telegraph about a man, uh, Green's protest killed my father, Russell Crichton. And then an ABC article about Jeremy Buckingham, who's an MP for the Upper House of yeah. New South Wales, who's a Green's MP who, was, who escapes conviction for trespassing. Right now, I'm two emails in deep and my my questions haven't been answered. Okay, so that and that's why I was a little bit, you know, a little bit concerned. Would help to read out your questions, Jack. What it was? These are the questions I have for the shooters and fishers page. As, you, as I just said, I'm, I'm two emails deep. I'm still no further advanced. Number one, this is the first question I had: uh, with voting with the bad government on these new protesting laws, how do shooters, hunters, and fishers benefit from these new laws? Number two, why did the shooters and fishers party agree with the bill to include extra search and seizure powers for police? Three, how do farmers benefit from these new powers? Four, do these new powers affect farmers being able to protest on their own land or neighbouring land, which is now being mined by CSG, or at least they're starting to mine CSG, for an example? Five, can you give me a brief outline what the main achievements will be of this bill? 
Six, why are farmers upset regarding these new laws and what do we need to know? So they're the questions I actually had um, for the Shooters and Fishers Party. So now what I did then is I actually emailed for a third time and I see, I asked, I CC'd in um, John Townsend again who responded mm. me for the second time and Philip. And I said, hey guys, this is, this is all fantastic. But again, you still haven't answered my questions. Can you please sort of answer the questions? So Philip uh, contacted me again, gave me a little bit of a rundown again, didn't really answer my questions. And so I think I emailed again. I said, this, again, this still doesn't answer my questions. And he said, it's best off if you contact Robert Brown. I said, okay, fantastic. I'll um, email Robert. So right now I'm four emails deep, I think, to the Shooters and Fishers Party about the Enclosed Lands Act, and still none of my questions have been answered. So I just wrote to Robert. Hi, Robert. Spoke to Philip and John, and they have attempted to answer my questions and have been helpful as much as they can. However, I still can't get a straight answer regarding my initial inquiry to my questions on the Enclosed Lands Act. The main question is, can these new laws be used to prosecute farmers who are protesting on their own land or a neighbour's land? This is something I wish to talk about the next week on my show. You're this response will be greatly appreciated will be appreciated so again i listed the questions to say i'm absolutely disappointed with robert brown's response to me this is my this is his response basically jason i don't know which farmers you've been talking to i've had a huge support on our stance for this bill the bill is about preventing another worker's death due to an idiot's trespass and vandals one death was too many regards robert again doesn't answer my question whatsoever. Mm. So I'm now basically, what, one, well, two, Jason, three, hang on, I'm four, yeah. four emails deep now, and they've not answered one single question. I mean, yeah, they don't have to answer my questions at all. Yep. But I started then to say, well, hang on, I started to get a little bit suspicious, actually, because I'm like, well, why can't, what, what, these are just basic questions. These yeah. questions aren't me you know, having a go at them. I'm trying to get the data out there to give you guys what's going on uh, with this Enclosed Lands Act, because if people are wrong and people have got the wrong idea, this is going to do major damage. And like Robert said, he doesn't know, I've had huge support on our stance for this bill. Well... Clearly, Robert hasn't been reading uh, his Facebook page because this part is very interesting. Well, the, the Facebook page, Jason, has been going, mel- going into meltdown. Meltdown. Uh, People are, are, are furious. They're upset about this. So let's read. I'm going to read some of the positive comments yeah. first, right? Because I don't want to read all the negative. With all due respect to everybody involved here, uh, it was very difficult to find positive comments yeah. uh, about this. So number one was from uh, Ben Radatz. Again, I've kept all this stuff for uh, verification purposes. He said, good work. Uh, from Greg Johnson, uh, a lot of setup from the Greens on here tonight. Ellsworth Rollins, the green pond scum carry on like children they are. Okay, Carlo DeFalco. Keep up the good work, Robert. If the Greens have to misrepresent the legislation, it is because they won't be able to continue their nonsense. He, he also says, again, we have similar legislation down here in Tassie. Bob Brown is now facing charges as a result. This is what the Tasmanians have been asking for for years. Craig Golding, the green disease is affecting some brains, it seems. Okay, Peter Van Marley. Marley? Marley? Uh, good stuff, Rob. Liam Gallagher. Well said, mate. John Hahn. Well done, Brownie. Mark Richards. I've read this. There seems to be other side of the story. Lee Anderson. Suggest one of you get on 2GB with Alan Jones. Well, I certainly wouldn't get on 2GB with Alan Jones, that's for sure, because if anyone listened to Alan Jones, I think it was yeah. a few days after... Uh, that he, Alan Jones absolutely gave Robert Borzak an absolute bollocking. Yep, well, we're going to play that uh, clip for you now. Yeah, we're going to play that and then we'll, we'll, we'll come right back. The legislation cleared its final hurdle this week with support from the Liberal Party and the National Party and the Shooters and Fishers Party. It'll now go through to committee, but if things stand as they are, it will become law. That's why there were 500 farmers standing in the rain in Macquarie Street on Tuesday to rally against changes with placards saying, you've got to fight for your right to fight. Of course, this is mining controlling the political agenda. 
telling governments what to do. Penalties of up to seven years jail for disrupting a mining activity. And oh, these dreadful people, these dreadful people, according to a stupid remark by Robert Borsak from the Shooters and Fishers Party, these people destroy assets. They steal assets. And there are small business people whose lives are destroyed. He's got to be kidding, hasn't he? Forget about the communities whose lives are destroyed. Forget about people whose health is destroyed. Forget about people whose very lifestyle is destroyed. That doesn't matter. Now, Michael Beard knows all of this. He knows it all. I've asked him many times, would you like to live with a coal seam gas well in your backyard? All right, you just heard again from Alan Jones. Again, not, by all means, not great. Now, let's go into some of these negative comments. Now, some of these are pr- pretty pretty hardcore. I'm not going to go into a lot of them. And this was the point of me wanting to get you know, the real information out to hunters, shooters, and fishers that listen to this show. David Bell, you just lost my vote, you traitors. Okay, Shane Quill, yes, lost another vote here too. Um, Robert Gardner, uh, you shot your party in the foot on this one. Uh, Jeff Laurie, I will never join or vote for this party. Uh, so again, a lot of different uh, comments here. Um, I'm just going to. Just... And they're the polite ones. Steve Ellis, I think it's a disgrace that you have supported the removal of any protection that anyone has to protect uh, the damage destruction of farming lands by big corporations, aided and abetted by corrupt governments. You have definitely you have missed the mark on this one. Uh, AJ Down Under, I already messaged them over this. Not sure they will get my support when they can't back their own. I didn't even get a reply. Here we go, another one. Mike Stone, this is pretty hardcore, this one. All you've done is further isolate the poor farmer who will now be forced to stand alone against the overwhelming power and money of mining backers. Sorry, miners backed by political parties stuffed uh, full of mining dollars. Lost my vote and my respect. You don't get it. People have a gutful of what the mining companies are being allowed to do. The farmer and surrounding communities should have their right to say to the destruction of their lives. Jeez, I can't believe what is happening to our country. Um, Jimmy, Jamie Gilvey, I'm disappointed that your party is supporting big business as opposed to ordinary Australians who think government or businesses is doing the wrong thing. It's about our rights as Aussies to protest. CSG mining is devastating to the environment. It can be poisoned underground aquifers. If we don't have water, what then? Do we then buy that from China too? All right, another one from David Sullivan. Can't believe you would support such a bullshit piece of legislation. What will you call yourselves when there's nothing left to catch in our poison waterways? First and last time I'll be a member of a political party. And I'll read one of the final ones from um, Sue Head. So have you got a bill up that gives the farmer the right to say no to mining companies? So you've called for a moratorium on CSG, which is just talk, really. What action have you taken? Have you put a bill up on it at all? Called for a report into health effects of CSG. I think you've missed the point. If a farmer locks himself onto a piece of machinery or protests in some other way, then he feels that he has no other choice. There is already existing laws that cover these actions, so no need to make the fines and penalties any higher. No doubt it will be challenged in the High Court, just as Bob Brown is challenging the new draconian laws in Tasmania. This isn't a win for farmers, it's a win for the government and the mining companies. And the last one again, Sue, that Sue Head posted again, she said, really, people are dying because they are protesting. So you support a bill because someone might die. The only people dying are the landholders who have no rights. The ones committing suicide because they feel helpless. Have you got a bill up to protect them? If not, why not? Aren't the mining companies the real vandals, destroying and contaminating our land and water? Aren't mining companies the real trespassers? Obviously, the bad government is going to give uh, a kickback for supporting these protest laws, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So very yeah. interesting. So as I said, man, I really wanted to get – sorry, guys, I really couldn't get the information out there for you. I really wanted to. Unfortunately, they weren't responsive to my emails. They were dancing around my questions, which is simply, to me, is just not good enough. Yep. Uh, you know, and again, it makes me sceptical now that they can't even answer basic five, five basic questions on a bill they supported by the government. So, But look, Jason, um, this goes on to a lot of other things too. I mean, you know, I know this is not too much to do about hunting, guns and fishing, but 
it, it, it's called a, a media shitstorm, if you will, uh, on, on social media regarding the uh, Shooters and Fishers Party. And uh, they've copped an absolute bollocking. And uh, and I, I think that uh, this could be detrimental, really, uh, to them. So, you know, we're trying to get the answers out. We're really trying to get the information in. We, we, we're trying to see how this can benefit, you know, the average person and farmers in general. And we we really can't get any answers. So, And we just read out some of the comments there from people who are commenting on their page. And to be honest, I just don't see... I don't know. I don't see what they're getting out of this. What what are they getting out of this? They mm. seem to think. Is there they, something in return? Well, I mean, if so, what are we getting in return for the support of these legislation? I mean, if it's nothing, what, why are we getting involved in it? it, it why are seems we getting to involved be, in it? It seems to be like draconian legislation to me. That's yeah. what it sounds and like the, to no, me. And what? when he responded to me and says, "Oh, well, you know, what one person is too many," this this just seems like pretty much gun control Australia, where they say, "Well, you know, mm. if it's just one, you know, one life, shouldn't we get rid of all firearms?" Like yeah. I said before, if one oh. person, it's not a reason to change certain things sometimes. It's just not. And <laughs> exactly. I don't like the fact that shooters and fishers are using certain talking points that are usually used by yeah. you know, antis. Because so. we can use the same thing about firearms. Anyway, yeah. guys, we tried. It's best we could do. You know, we're going to go through more, try and read ourselves and try and find out what's going on, what was agreed to, what's not. I would have liked to have their input. That would have been greatly appreciated. And in all due respect to, you know, to Philip, and he, it's not his position at the Shooters and Fishers Party to give the information. It should be the guys to disperse this information. But we don't want a media release. I want proper questions that actually can be answered. So I just don't, again i don't know why they can't be answered but anyway we're going to go on to our next thing we'll finish that up and uh we'll go what's our next thing mario mate i don't know where to start me and mario just over my house uh, we just took a couple of calls tonight mate i don't even know where to start <sighs> well we just finished I'm, I'm, watching the sbs insight show on uh, gun laws with john uh, howard, with mate, john howard I'm, 20 I'm, years after port arthur so i'm pretty mad i'm mad <laughs> i'm mad well we did i'm sorry to <sighs> I don't, I don't really know. Robert Brown did, I'm sorry, did a ter- uh, terrible. Well, And look, I'm actually mad about it. No one mentioned New Zealand, Canada. I'm, I was sick of that woman standing up. Oh, I've got injuries. Nobody even took these people to task about nothing. nothing. Regist- nothing. No, no one took Fuck, John Howard Jesus. to task about registration. No one took. I mean, it's just. Pissed uh, I'm pissed. I'm really am pissed well, off. Man. I really am. I really, I really, and then, and then, and then, oh my God, and then agreed to, to ban these semi-autos. Well, I mean, agreed to ban semi-autos. I mean, no, exactly, and no one took, oh my, oh, Jason, no one, no one took the task that uh, lady whose sister went into a gun rage, she knew that she was mentally yeah. ill. She Mate, knew she went when, into a gun when, range. When Michelle Fernando said, well, think- my sister was at the range, she's, I would have said, you were on YouTube knowing your sister was attending the gun range. Yeah. You also knew that your sister, was, your sister was mentally ill, and you know what? You did absolutely nothing about it. Yes, did the gun shop do the wrong, the gun range do the wrong thing and let a gun, of course. But you're also responsible as a family member to report this to the authorities, knowing she was attending a gun range and she was mentally ill. You did nothing about that whatsoever. I can't Woman- believe why Rora Brown didn't just... Stand up oh and say, look, God, lady, I'm, I'm really sorry about your injuries, but my constituency, no one. which is the 800,000 gu- lawful gun owners of this country who followed the law every <sighs> day, are mm. not responsible for your injuries. We're not responsible for it, and we're going to we refuse to be held responsible. You're 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 just, a victim of a madman, and and we I don't represent oh, yeah. madmen, and, and and that's what he should have said. Mate, I've, and, I've never been this mad. I'm actually quite mad. I'm quite mad about that that whole situation. We we offered nothing. I mean, Graham Park. I think started off when Graham started off. I'm like, yeah, and then he started to kick goals, didn't he? he? Started to kick some goals there. Yeah, I mean, he said a couple of good things, but, but it just what, wasn't followed up. There was yeah. just not enough. Uh, Real hard hitting. What about when he made? talks about category C? And you go, oh, it's hard to get category C. I mean, I mean, what? Not rhetoric. What to them to, to tell us about gun laws? How did that help? 
How did that no, help when well, they said, oh, it's, she goes, oh, it's hard to get a Category C? How does that help gun owners? How does that help look, gun owners? Here's the thing, Jason. We all got, we just got to remember, right? It's very – look, and I'm not trying to make excuses. Sorry, I'm swearing here yeah, in the no, background. Right, I'm sorry. Right. I'm just I've, – I've never been uh, so – um, disappointed, you know. Yeah, okay, it was a setup. We know all that anyway. Yeah. But again, we had an opportunity. People were talking directly to John Howard. Had an opportunity to take him hard to task, man. The, the, I'm sorry, they didn't prepare. They didn't prepare. No, they, they, they it, didn't prepare. It definitely doesn't look like they prepared, Jason. But uh, look, I, you know, all, all we done was defending ourselves instead of going. Hey, hang on, instead of going on the front foot, they didn't even. All, all we were doing the whole time is just defending, shooting. Um, with all due respect to the guy from Campbelltown Pistol Club, you could tell he was way out of his depth yeah way out of his depth he didn't even when asked about the gun laws he goes i think they've changed i mean what you know mate didn't did anybody prepare for this did anybody talk about new zealand canada about registration that yeah. canada have sorry new zealand don't have no one these even mentioned that and even then in the uk said, even in the uk they got access to semi-autos and suppressors what about like when they said there's been no mass shootings well there has been down lockout the lockout family suicide murders four people killed monash university yeah no i'm, I'm so mad I've, I've never seen I'm, such a display of people that uh, that getting paid lots of money as part of our major organisations that that just can't that can't get the basics done. You should have, you should have prepared for this. You should have had your quotes, your notations, even your cue cards if you had to. But this is the thing, I'm, myself and you, Jason. Oh, yeah. We talk about this stuff all the time. We understand the statistics, you know. Listen, and I'm not going to deny that it's not hard on TV. Oh, it right? would be nerve wracking, and I appreciate. You know how they attack Bob Catter on that show? Mm, mm. There was, but you know, admittedly, there was five of them against yeah. one. I mean, look, they've had they had plenty of uh, of opportunities to take to, him to task, to take John Howard to task, to take David Shoebridge to task, to you know, to take all these people to task, and um, they just failed. They just failed. I just think, my my God, why can't you make those important points? Listen, I'll give no, Canada. I, I give Canada the... abolished registration. New Zealand abolished registration. And Tolly said, "There's no evidence whatsoever that registration makes any difference to yep. public safety whatsoever." Mm. I mean, New Zealand. Even when they were talking about the Adler. <sighs> as well they didn't it was freely available I said well what's the issue this, the gun was available before 1996 it's available after 1996 there's already a current version available this this gun is not a problem whatsoever exactly. nobody this is the first time guys at 20 years people have sat in front of John Howard this was the time they should have been prepared and taken him to task I mean I know that Graham Park from the Shooters Union started slow but started to I think started to hit his boots but again we're in the you know again about you know, farmers not getting access to firearms and that's a much well, bigger it's, 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 it's a, a bigger big, issue it's a bigger issue than just farmers I mean I mean, look, it's just unbelievable. Like, these guys, they really oh, didn't yeah. do their homework or the nerves hit them or something. I don't know. But honestly, I just shake my head and, and then, I think to myself, you're going to get an opportunity to take John Howard to task. Why didn't you They weren't prepare? prepared, mate. They weren't prepared. You, could tell you, you, prepare? you could tell they weren't prepared. And then they it's started, just unbelievable. They started to get owned by that blonde, the blonde the, lady the, that the got lady, shot in the, the back. The, the, uh, the shooting know? victim, yeah. Mate, I would have been on her straight away. I was like, excuse me, we, myself and 800,000 people are not responsible for your injuries. Martin Bryan is. That's where your beef is. Not. And what makes you a foregone expert on gun laws? Just because, just because exactly. you've sustained an injury from a gunshot doesn't make you a person that should be able to change policy in regards to gun laws. Exactly. Spot on, Jay. Oh, yeah. It makes just, me mad. Almost, anyway, I, I, we've got to probably finish up the show soon, mate. Because yeah, just, we're, we're, we've got to finish up the show. I've um, never, and, and, then, and then when they agreed, even said he goes, even Robert Brown said he goes, my constituents are probably going to be pretty unhappy with me right now. And I was like, please <laughs> tell me he's not saying this. Please oh, tell my me. God. He actually agreed with, oh, yeah, you know, perhaps we he said it. He him. said at the start, he goes, did you, she said, did you agree with the bands? He said, yes. Oh. 
He said yes. He did too. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, 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 I'm literally, guys. I'm, I'm, my hands are on my head, pulling my hair out. Look, um, Please tell me they didn't am, just say I am, this. I am very, very disappointed with our representation. I'll be honest with you. I Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Graham did, did about seventy five percent. He at least someone was there that took him to task a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they did a pretty good. You know, there was other avenues you could have taken. No one mentioned registration. They didn't really hit home the heart of legal firearms. Robert Brown did a little bit in regards yeah. to the illegal firearm. I go, how would a buyback have sold your crime? You have created a massive, lucrative black market in this country by the 96 gun laws. Everyone in... I live in Western Well, Graham Sydney. Park made that point. He, he actually made some really good he points. He did, he did, yeah. He, he did, really he made did. some good points, but the problem is Robert Brown never built on those points. He, he didn't build anything on them. Did, 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 did these guys discuss with each other prior to getting there? How they were going, that's what I would have done. I said, how are we going to attack this? How are we going to, how are we going to get in there? And how are we going to get our points across? And, and then of agree course, with a semi-automatic ban. Oh and of course, God. Jason, every time they talk about the gun, I mean, Robert Brown was never there to correct them. Listen, it's not the gun. It's the person. Yeah, mental okay. health. It's mental, mental health. health. You know, like, mention those things. You know, Mr. You know, Mr. Howard, you took away our guns, but how much did you invest in mental health? You know, like, what have you done about that? We still got sixty thousand attempted suicides yeah. every day, I just can't you know, like, like every year in Australia. You know, right? We yeah. talk about this stuff all the time. We've been on. We've gone. It should on, be rolling off your tongue. We've gone off on news outlets. We've gone on radio. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. It's, it's nerve wracking, guys. Don't get me wrong. And I would have been nervous too. But you know what? I would have been in my house, mate, going through every statistic, every bit of thing, New Zealand, how I was going to present myself. In these situations, you have to do your homework. You should have studied even. You know, and you have got to be on song, mate. There's one opportunity we. We really let go, mate. Look, it was, it was, a, it was a massive I think opportunity it was, missed, I think. I think it was fairly, but they didn't give too much time to Shoebridge a little bit. But you see, look, see, I've got to give it to him. Shoebridge is a, it was a lawyer. Look how he talked. Yeah. He took us to task. We, yeah. I know, I know. He, he, smart he, guy. Regardless if you want to believe that, whatever little he's a time, smart guy. He's whatever little guy. time he got, um, he, 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 he took it. us to task, man. But yeah. also, Jason, look, also to oh, be yeah. fair, we don't know what's on the cutting room floor because that was pre-filmed. Yeah, true. Okay, so there mm. could be a lot that's on the cutting room floor we, we don't know about. So, and, and then John Howard says, he goes, no, the laws are adequate. Let me get this straight. Your own laws you drafted are, are not adequate? You're the yeah. one that drafted them up. In your, with, in, your oh, party a, is the one that drafted uh, them up. It was just, it's a stitch up. It's, it's, it's all it nah, is. Listen, I, I think we all just didn't is, do a good job. Nah, we, you're right, but all it is, it's, it's another attempt. And it, every argument was emotion, emotion based. We need a Ben Shapiro, mate. We need a Ben Shapiro. Oh, if you don't know who Ben Shapiro <laughs> is, look up him on YouTube. He's every the one every that- argument was emotion based. Uh, there was very little facts and figures from the anti side. Like what? It was all about oh my, you know my injuries and oh my sister killed herself or or you know killed her father, killed the father and oh you know I was a victim of this and and I'm thinking oh god. And you can tell Alpha Chang, Curtis Chang, has no idea about firearms no. at all. Oh, we no. should maybe again. How are you going to regulate law-abiding firearms to keep illegal guns off the street? And then, and, just and, then John and, and you know what, Jason, I thought there was a perfect opportunity there for Robert Brown uh, to take John Howard to. Take task when he says oh well you know when you got 15 year olds that can get their hands on firearms perhaps the laws need to be tightened and for the obvious response to that would have been well mate he's already breaking the law there's already laws against you know against what he's doing he's already oh breaking the law he's already a criminal how, how are you going to legislate against that you know like how do you propose mr how legislate against that without affecting the law abiding all you're going to do is affect the law abiding 
And, and you know, it's just and, and the first thing we spoke about was the flak jacket. What? Okay, that's a well, point. Who that's cares? A, who cares I mean, about the flak jacket? Who cares? We should have been taken into task. Who cares? Twenty years have gone past since the flak jacket, and we've got twenty years worth of evidence and information to draw from, and not just from Australia, from all around the world. Like, why isn't that information being spouted out? And it's just, oh, it was just so frustrating. And I'm thinking, God, guys, not once, not once did any of our pro gunners mention New Zealand and Canada. And I just think that's... Oh. It's ridiculous. Look, I'm even looking at uh, yeah, comments now. That was effing terrible. That's what I'm reading right now. What are you reading that from, Jess? Uh, just, on, just on Facebook. Just on Facebook. I don't want to you know, out these people just in case. Yeah. The, the, the discontent's already flooding in. When you agree with the semi-auto thing, man, the military... Again, military style has absolutely nothing to do with the action of a firearm. This, just, comes, back to, exactly. this, comes, this comes back to military appearance. This comes back to the appearance laws. It is the action of a firearm. A military firearm is no different whatsoever except the way it looks than any other firearm, unless it's a select fire. Right, yeah. then it becomes fully automatic, which was fair enough. They weren't on the table back in 1996 anyway. So to agree with this military thing saying how... I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say. Well, just, we better get off, man, because I'm going to probably lose my uh, mind a little bit. Now, guys, don't forget the main game. It's very important that uh, we write to our Prime Minister, to Justice Minister Keenan, and also the Premier and your, and your Police Minister in your respective states. It's really important that you let them know how you feel about it that you don't want any more restrictions on the law-abiding. In fact, you want the laws relaxed for the law-abiding and you want the laws to concentrate on the criminals. So that's very important, guys. It's the only way that we're going to ever make a change is to make our voices heard. So make sure you just take 10 minutes to write your simple letter and send it. Don't wait, okay? Don't wait for the other guy to send it. Don't wait for your mates to send it. No one else is going to do it for you. It's only you that can do it for you for yourself. So just make sure... That you take the time. All it takes is 10 minutes to change the country, Jace. Like I've always been saying, just 10 minutes. Just write a simple letter and send it. Okay, so anyway, here's another show. Another show finished, Jason, for this, yep. for this month. Sorry, so. I've just been stewing over here in the corner. <laughs> Jason, Jason, there's steam uh, coming out of I'm Jason's steam. ears. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you again for listening to another show of the Australian Hunting Podcast. Yep, without further ado, my name is Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Vodka. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.